you're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ha! Got him! That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, new Star Wars movies, and all the other cool and exciting projects coming up in the Star Wars universe with a ton of new stuff just announced at Star Wars Celebration. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle. I've got Tim back for this episode, and we even got the whole gang back together and got Paul out of hiding for this one. Finally! Um, So guys, we got a, uh, we've got a, a ton of Star Wars stuff to talk about. This, I'm sure, is going to end up being a massive episode, but uh, how how we doing? Yeah, I don't know what's more exciting. All the news we got from Celebration or the return of Paul to the podcast. So. <laughs> that that but, You honored me with that. That's, that is very nice of you. But what an episode for you to come back on, Paul. Because, yeah, <laughs> the stuff we got at Celebration was just mind-blowing, especially on that Friday. It was just a lot of fun. Just kind of... Oh, well, first a little... Like nervous trying to see if you're able to catch up with everything that was announced as I woke up and had to get ready for work. I didn't get up early enough, but it was fun just kind of thinking about it throughout the day and knowing when I was coming home, I'd have all this stuff to just dive myself into with all this new announcements that we got and trailers. So it was just a lot of fun. So celebrations are always like that, and this one was no exception. So it's part of the fun too is talking about it after the <laughs> celebration is over. So I've been looking forward to this one all weekend. Yeah, there. I'm so glad to be back. You know, with, with me doing some uh, Star Wars Newsnet stuff recently, it's just you know crazy. And you guys wanting to do Mando every week now, it's just been harder to get my schedule all lined up. But uh, but man, like I, this one was, this is a monumental time for Star Wars. Or I really do. I, I feel like it's been it's been brewing for a while, and it's there's there's a lot to get into, man. And there's. And it's all, I think it's all mostly good news. There's some, I think there's some stuff I'm not concerned about, but I think it, the, we'll get into that later. But for the most, I'd say 90% of this is all great and positive. And I'm, I'm so excited for majority of everything we're getting. So, or potentially getting, I'll say it, leave it at that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, like it, there's, there's a lot here to, to chew on. I think um, from a story, from a narrative standpoint for Star Wars, I think there's a lot of, really interesting behind the scenes stuff to look at for star Wars. Lots of really, just lots of really interesting things going on in general for, you know, and I, I feel like we're like, we're on the cusp of something great. So I, I'm, I can't wait to get into everything um, to, you know, go into I'm really excited to get into everything. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, me too. And like you said, Tim, just this whole weekend as more and more announcements came out, it's like, Oh, I can't wait to get back on the podcast and talk about that and talk about that and talk about that. 
Um, and especially today with, uh, you know, we're recording this Monday night, the day that celebration ended. And uh, once it was finally over and kind of looking back on all the announcements and stuff and just being like, man, it's going to be fun having a lot to talk about today. So um, we're going to try to do this. We're, we're going to do one big celebration overview recap episode. Um, talk about as much stuff as we can all at once. Uh, you guys know us. We're, we typically don't focus too much on like the books and the comics and the collecting stuff. So we're not going to talk about that as much. But in terms of like movies, TV shows, um, screen content, you know, live action animated. We're going to talk about all that. Also video games. Cause we got a new, uh, Jedi survivor trailer as well. Um, but we're just going to kind of go through the list of announcements, talk about, uh, you know, share some stuff that we learned at the panels, um, or, you know, through interviews and, and online and stuff after the fact, uh, give our reactions to it, stuff we're excited about stuff we're, you know, maybe hesitant about or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, just kind of break it down like we always do. So, uh, let's jump right into it and start with, um, of course, what I think was the biggest announcement of the weekend, which is that everybody expected that we were getting, uh, the next star Wars movie announced at celebration this year, but we got not one, but three star Wars movies announced. Uh, and those being, um, first and foremost, the one, I'm assuming this is still the next one happening. And it's the one that we know, uh, is being directed by, uh, Charmaine Obed Chinoy, um, and written, uh, is the one that Damon, Damon Lindelof was writing and is now being written by Stephen Wright. Uh, that movie is going to be about a new Jedi order, uh, being led by Ray and taking place, uh, about 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. Um, so they announced that time period, everything. Daisy Ridley came back out on stage. We know she's coming back as Ray. Um, they also announced that, um, Oh, gosh, I'm already blanking on the guy's name. The guy that's doing uh, oh, James Mangold, um, who's directing uh, the new Indiana Jones movie for Lucasfilm right now, is directing a Star Wars film uh, that's based on the Dawn of the Jedi and is set 25,000 years in the past. Um, and is going to focus on like the origin of the Jedi, the first ones to discover the force and all that kind of stuff. And then last but not least, we have Dave Filoni. Uh, finally getting to direct a Star Wars movie. And that is going to be the big crossover event that we've heard about, you know, teased for a long time. That's going to culminate all these plot threads in Mando and Ahsoka and stuff like that. Um, and it's really, I mean, we'll, well, I'll, I'll save some of my speculation. We'll kind of break these down more individually and uh, talk about what we think they're going to be. But um, yeah, I mean, like we said, back, back in, uh, I think, what was it? 2020 when they had that Disney plus investor day. And announced all the new shows and stuff coming out. And they talked about Mando and Ahsoka and Rangers of the New Republic and how it was all going to culminate in a big event. And now we know that that is indeed going to be a theatrical film directed by Dave Filoni. So super excited to get him uh, to see him get a shot at directing a movie after all these years. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll go back and talk about these more individually and kind of our thoughts on um, each of these movies. But uh, what were you guys kind of thoughts on um, just hearing, you know, this initial announcement that we're getting these three movies and all these different uh, time periods and stuff? Yeah, I was just blown away that, as you mentioned, we got three announcements and expecting at least one that we kept hearing about. And not only that, I'm glad we got, we didn't get official titles and names of these movies, but we got some information on what they're about. And that's what just has me super excited about all three of them. And 
even right now, I can't decide which one I'm more excited about, if I'm being honest. Because each one, when I think about it, I just think, oh, this is going to be so cool. Well, that's going to be so cool. That's going to be so cool. It's just, yeah, the, this what they're going to be about is awesome. But then finding out who's behind them and just who's going to be working on it, it's just, I mean, it's just so great. I mean, and it's, I do understand, and I think some fans are rightfully so, and even I can I even feel this a little bit to some degree about still being a little hesitant about getting overly excited because the track record we got of film getting announced and then not seeing the light of day or being shelved or delayed or whatnot. So all those fears and hesitations, I think, are very um, understandable if you have them. And I, to a degree, have that a little bit. But at the same time, when these got announced, like I don't even want to think about that. That's kind of <laughs> the thing that sucks about the past situations is that you can't help but think about that. But mm -hmm. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to keep positive and just think about how amazing and exciting these announcements are because some of these, um, well, especially one of them is something I've been wanting to see in Star Wars and a story to be told for so, so long, um, that being the Dawn of the Jedi one. And so the fact that that's now on the table is just, I couldn't be more excited about that potential and what that can mean just for the overall saga because that's some stuff I've been clamoring for for almost my entire Star Wars fandom. Maybe not when I was real little, but uh, when I was older, just really diving into Star Wars and the lore and everything. I just always thought that would be a cool avenue to explore and the fact that yeah. we're... And, and they're going to probably adapt it. those great comics you, you, uh, you love so much there, Tim. So, I mean, I can't wait to see those adaptations too, right? Uh, I can't wait to see those big floating triangles. That's going <laughs> to what's going to open the movie. Modelists, man. They're modelists. Have you seen Mortis? Come on. Uh, <sighs> So, I mean, Sorry. if anything I, I had, else, I had to dig you in there. Yeah. In there. <laughs> if anything else, it provided a great name for those, that movie, Dawn of the Jedi. So, um, but yeah, hopefully it's not taking pretty much anything from that. Um, hmm. But yeah, so just all those stuff, getting three new movies announced was just, I seen it on the cake for what was already a great day for when uh, I saw that. Because before, I mean, I, I will get into this later, but the first thing I saw um, announced and revealed was the Ahsoka trailer. I actually checked my phone out like, 4 30 or something like that in the morning just to see what happened i saw it was on there and i watched it then i probably should have just stayed up i thought well, i'll try to get some more sleep so then when i woke up at my normal time i saw the movie news i was scrambling to try to read everything and what's actually um happening what's actually announced if they provide any more information so again just part of the fun of just getting all this information that's getting revealed and in particular for those three movies i mean because that's almost as big as you're going to get with the type of announcements to reveal so it's cool to that we got something that we were unexpecting, but um, yeah, it was just awesome. So I couldn't be more excited about uh, the potential of these three new movies that were announced. Yeah, there's, I, I was very, I was both not surprised at some of these things and totally surprised, completely surprised. Um, when I, I wake up early, earlier than any of these fools and because um, I'm old. <laughs> I and, saw your 530 uh, tweet and text. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, where like the hell that? are you guys? Let's do this. Come on. And uh, we'll get into Ahsoka later. But um, but I, that was released. All that was released when I got up. But the movie stuff, I was I was that's what I was looking for. And I was my head was spinning by all the announcements. They they really outdid themselves on this one. And they are they went for shock value like they and and it's very curious. I mean, again, there's so much to dissect from this, this celebration. I think in so many different ways, and I think even the fact they went and announced three things at once, but even with like their track record recently, mm -hmm. is, is is gutsy. 
Yeah. I'll just say that it's <laughs> gutsy. Um, and again, we're, we're, we'll, we'll talk about each one individually, but overall I was pretty like, I was impressed that they're going that for going for like the, the big shot. And the fact that they're also um, to me, like just again, the fact that this movie's actually have you know have Ray in it. We'll talk more about that in here in a little bit. Me and Tim were kind of talking a little bit before uh, the show started recorded, and Cal's like, "We got to you know get, get this going because I, I do have a lot to say about that." Um, and which I, I teased on Twitter, and obviously this whole Don of the Jedi thing. There's just there's a lot of little things they they dropped in here, and this is gonna sound weird, guys, but um, the the Filoni movie was both like, it's it was really cool to see. And I was happy and surprised to see it, but I'm not shocked whatsoever at one, both at him doing a film slash. And it's also a culmination of all that. That all makes that all tracks and makes yeah. sense because it just, yeah. I mean, it, especially when Favreau was like, Oh yeah, we're going to go forever. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Right. There's no way. There's no way you guys are just going to have no end in sight. Give me a um, you know, and that makes more sense now with Filoni having that movie. He probably was saving anything to like announce until one, they have some loose ending, but probably the fact that Dave will be the one kind of, you know, ending the thing probably is pretty cool. Um, well, wasn't surprised. I've, I've got more, I've got more thoughts on that too, that I'll share when we, when we dive more into that movie. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, I, I really, that one I think is, is whatever. Not, I, I'm not really have a lot to say on that because there's so much. Because even like Kathleen Kennedy herself said, it's like six and seven years away. So it's it's like there are so many seasons of Mandalorian and whatever is between now and then that's going to happen. Oh, see, I, it's like I missed that part that she said it's six to seven years away. Yeah, mm-hmm. she said it's six to seven years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I that's, didn't see that. Yeah. So I mean, like, and I because I thought like you like maybe what you're I'm anticipating what you're going to say is like I thought well, I wonder when that's going to happen like because you that's figure not at all what I was going to say but I'll get oh to that. that's fair <laughs> um but yeah but like I I don't with it being six seven years away I'm like okay it's this is definitely going to probably be the 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 exclamation point on this whole TV series saga for the for the most part I would say um but yeah like I I think that this is probably it's probably and it's probably his first precursor into films and and getting that whole thing started. So we'll see what that means. I do have a little bit to say about that, maybe a little bit, but that kind of ties into the whole, I think um, the new movie that's coming out here, the, the first one, 2025. So we'll see, but yeah, I, I was excited and, and I, I was very surprised and impressed. They went with it considering the, the considering the recent track record. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I, I was really, really excited and, and my head was spinning with all the announcements. Yeah, I'm excited for all of these. And I will say this. I mean, obviously, it is kind of a gutsy move announcing all three of these at once, um, given their their recent track record and stuff that keeps falling through, especially because uh, the last time I mean, this is the biggest batch of Star Wars announcements we've gotten all at once, probably since that Disney investor day when they announced all those upcoming shows. Um, And they've had a pretty good track record with those so far. Except that, you know, Rangers of the New Republic ended up not happening. But, you know, there's other reasons for that. Um, And then we still haven't heard anything about that droid story show. So I'm assuming that's probably not happening at this point. Um, And then there's the Lando series that they announced back then. That we still haven't really heard anything concrete on. But they still keep mentioning it. And it sounds like it's something that might still happen at some point. Um, 
And I've heard, you know, they've they've mentioned that in some recent interviews, both this weekend at Celebration and previously. They didn't say anything about it at any of the panels. Um, but Kathleen Kennedy did mention it in some interviews that like they've talked to Donald Glover and they're, you know, things are kind of in development. Basically, like it's not an active development right now, but it's still on the table. Um, and there's a couple other projects like that as well that we'll talk about kind of throughout the show. Um, things that weren't really announced or talked about during the panels, but that were kind of mentioned behind the scenes as things that are not sort of on the forefront right now, but that still might happen. Um, but anyway, so they had a pretty good track record with the shows they announced that day. But if you remember, that was also the day that they announced the Rogue Squadron movie, the Taika Waititi movie, and uh, a third Star Wars movie, because it was supposed to be like 2023, 25, and 27. Um, and now, well, and the Taika movie is another thing that, again, they didn't talk about, you know, during the studio showcase, but Kathleen Kennedy did say, like, he's still working away at it. He's still working on the script. Uh, he kind of has his own process and doesn't really want to be bothered or... Um, I guess he likes to maybe work without a whole lot of studio interference or kind of work on his own time. And they're kind of respecting that and still want him to do it. Um, it's just, again, one of those things that is not sort of on the forefront right now. So it's not canceled, uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things that still maybe a little bit up in the air right now. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, somebody on Twitter, I guess after, you know, after they announced the three movies and the Taika movie wasn't one of them, somebody, you know, just some random person posted a, a tweet where they were like, yes, no Taika Waititi Star Wars movie and like a gif of like some movie scene and, people, and people celebrating. And James Mangold liked it. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. And, and then people, of course, were screenshotting that from his likes and sharing it around. And so I'm like, oh, I wonder if. Maybe Taika's movie is actually isn't happening, or maybe if there's some beef between those two, or yeah, I don't know, there's some some shade and some drama going on behind the scenes there. But um, there's definitely shade in that, and that was hilarious. Yeah. The fact that happened, and I, I just yeah. want to say for, for right now, I don't think Taika's movie is happening at all. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it certainly doesn't seem to be um, in any part to of me. Mangold, plans. that whole thing confirms it because either because i'll get to man gold later i'll just say this i'll get to man he's interesting <laughs> we'll just leave it there but i will say the fact that he did that seems pretty not doesn't look good for any taika Waititi fans wanting to do star wars films yeah let's all say that yeah so it could be maybe he has the actual scoop and kathleen kennedy's just trying to be diplomatic or whatever i don't know it was definitely an interesting development though um but I will just say this, as far as the the whole skepticism, and I mean, I've heard that from a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, we'll see if any of these movies actually happen, or, um, you know, or people asking like, hey, which of these movies are you most excited for? And people being like, oh, you know, the one that actually gets made, which again, given the recent track record is fair, but I will say, and maybe this is just me wanting to be positive and optimistic and excited with all these announcements and stuff, but I feel like they're in a little bit better position this time because A, they announced time periods and kind of story premises for all three of these movies, yeah. which I feel like is different from just announcing that, hey, we got this popular director and they want to do a Star Wars movie and it's going to happen before they have an idea or a script or anything like that. Um, so aside from that, the fact that A, the, the first movie, the one with Ray. Um, we already know that's an active development. That's the one that Damon Lindelof already turned in a script draft for. Now they have another writer working on it. They've got a director attached. And there's no way that they would bring Daisy Ridley back out on stage 
um, and announce her coming back as Ray, and then scrap that movie. Like it could go through all the changes, all the director changes, all the script rewrites in the world. They're gonna make sure that movie happens. Um, and then I feel like same thing with the Dave Filoni movie. Like if that's gonna be the culmination of all this stuff from Mando. Um, it's like, well, that's got to happen at some point anyways, whether it be in a movie or in the TV shows or whatever, but like, it makes sense for that to be in a movie. Plus, you know, if anybody is sort of a, a sure bet to make something happen with Lucasfilm these days, it's Dave. Plus he's still got John Favreau working on him with it and they've got a great working relationship. And, you know, it's, it's going to be the culmination of all these shows that are already like well-established properties and they're successful. So I would be shocked if that movie doesn't happen, unless something catastrophic happens behind the scenes. But I definitely don't think it's going to be a matter of just like, oh, creative differences or, oh, we found out this director actually wasn't good to work with or something like that, where it just kind of falls apart. So I would, I mean, I almost feel like of the three of them, that's the one that I would bet money on happening the most. Um, the James Mangold one is the the one that's maybe the most of an unknown. Um, you know, if, if there was one of these that I had to bet on not happening, it might be that one. But I also, A, really hope. That, <laughs> yeah. I also, it's, a, it's got, it, it's, a, it's like a 20% chance of happening. I'll just say that. Uh, I don't oh, know about wow, that. that first, first of all, I love the premise of it. So I really hope it happens. That might be the one I'm most excited for, or at least the one I'm, that I'm, has, I'm, has, I'm has waiting most, my turn. Hang on, let me, let me, let me finish my thought. It's, it's got really cool potential to be really cool. I hope it happens. Um, but also the fact, you know, they've, he apparently has a good working relationship with Lucasfilm as well, because he's also doing the new Indiana Jones movie. Um, and they released a trailer for that during the showcase as well, which we're not really going to go into too much because we're not an Indiana Jones podcast, but I will say, I thought that new trailer looked pretty cool. And I haven't been too excited for that movie up to this point. Um, but this latest trailer that they released, I was like, you know, I'm actually kind of excited for this now. So if that does well, um, I think that bodes well for his Star Wars movie. If it doesn't, and if people hate it, and it ends up going, you know, the kind of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull direction in terms of, you know, being sort of notorious among fans, maybe that'll spell something different for him. Um, but anyway, I mean, just the fact that he's, uh, you know, already working with Lucasfilm and sort of on track with something that seems to be headed in the right direction, at least. Um, I think bodes better than, again, them just announcing, hey, Benioff and Weiss are coming on to do a Star Wars movie and not telling us anything about it. And then it ends up getting scrapped before any of it sees the light of day. Um, so that combined with, again, the fact that James Mangold has talked so much about his inspirations for wanting to do this idea of the Dawn of the Jedi and telling us what it's about and what we're going to see and stuff. I'm feeling pretty good about it. So, um Okay. You know, feel free to be skeptical with your twenty percent chances if you want. Oh. But I've, oh, I've got, I've got, a, I've, I've got, got, a, I've got a pretty good feeling about this. I've got great reasons why I have a high. I don't have very, very uh, less, less than high hopes for that to ever get made by Mangle himself. Or at this point, first of all, I want to ask you: you are really into the idea of 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 telling the Jedi origin story, correct? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not like but, super but high Kyle, on my wishes, but, but I, I yeah. love the idea. Kyle specifically. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, but, but, I, but, but, but hold on, could, hold on. Okay, continue, continue. No, no, no if, if, so, 
I'll bring up one other thing real quick because as they were announcing all these movies, they also put up this timeline with all the different eras. Yes. Um, of stuff that we potentially could be, you know, over the next several years, very be getting slyly Star Wars, Star Wars stuff they in all these different there. eras. And they had, yeah, they had Dawn of the Jedi. They had the Old Republic, which was cool to see up there. That's the first time we've really gotten anything in connection to that in canon. So hopefully we'll get some stories in there at some point. But it was like okay. Dawn of the Jedi, Old Republic, High Republic, and then like Fall of the Jedi, Rise of the Empire, you know, then like the New Republic right, right. and the First Order okay. and all that stuff. All um, right. So, if, so tell me this. Tell me this. You're so, anyway, all about so, so, all... so to answer your question, if I had to pick between Old Republic and Dawn of the Jedi, I'm going to pick Old Republic. You know me. Well, I, no, um, no, 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 no. I, I get well, it. I get it. I am, so I'm very, I'm excited for this, this Dawn of the Jedi movie. Okay. All right. So, but you're all about telling the origin of the Jedi, right? I, I don't know if I'd say I'm all about it, but you're you're all you're in favor of it, telling that story. Sure. Why the heck story. are you? Then why are you? The heck are you anti like telling people like where Yoda's species comes from? Like to me, like it's way more sacrilegious to be like, hey, like where you know this Jedi like it's it's like way too complicated and it, it feels like that should be like not handled, especially how the EU kind of try to do it a little bit. And I'm like, no, it doesn't work. You're like, but you're all about like tell learning about the Jedi and that whole origin, but you can't learn about Yoda's species. Like that, come on. Yeah, because that's an established character. Where an the, established the mystery? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, but the mystery of Yoda and There's him being of the Jedi. That, fitting, fitting that archetype of like the sort of the mysterious, mischievous, like Dude, mentor the type same character. Thing. The same not the same thing. thing. It's not the same thing. It's the same thing. Come on, I, it's the same thing. To to quote your most used GIF, well, agree to disagree. Wow. I can't. Uh, I, I miss is, this. Yeah. <laughs> it's been far too <laughs> long. All, all I gotta say is like I, that to me is like yours. That is a uh, anyway. Um, now, look, listen. I, I will say if if I could make the story myself, or if I were to say what is like my most desired thing, it's like I don't necessarily have a burning desire to see the origin of the Jedi and them like discovering the Force for the first time. I just want to see something. I just want to see a story with a real, like I just want to go way back in the timeline and see some ancient Jedi. I don't no, necessarily. No, that's different. I, that's different. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily need it to be the discovery of the Force. But that see, seems that's to be what I'm worried about. But that seems to be the story that James Mangold wants to tell. And if he tells it well and has some well. good ideas for it, I'm all on board for it. I see the kid okay, now. I'm see you did a great job setting me up because I want to talk about that. I don't think, first of all, I think Mangold, I like Mangold's a good director. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that right out the bat. He did a great movie called uh, Walk the Line with about Johnny Cash biopic, and I love that movie to death. And he's a great director, he's done lots of great films. Um, I think Logan is overrated. But it's still mm. a decent, good movie. Um, I will you know, agree with you on that. Because, oh, no. dude, that I'll the, disagree the whole, with, like, with you on that one. <laughs> man, the whole like dinner thing when they, they meet in the farm is so. See, bad. See, that's the weakest part of it. I'll agree with that. But everything it's else, it's so bad. Anyway, to, uh, and to uh, me, I don't even have any gripes with it. Aside from the fact that it was just, I mean, it's just kind of a depressing movie. Like it's, I, I feel the same way about Logan that I do about Joker. Like it's a, it's a very well-made oh, movie. Like I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was good. But all the people that were like, oh my God, that was fantastic. Like eh, it wasn't, necessi it wasn't right. necessarily my cup of tea, but it was really well done. Uh, so, okay. Okay. So, so main, so Mangold is, you know, 
a couple things. First of all, you know, remember when 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 Solo came out and they leaked that Boba Fett movie on yeah. Hollywood Reporter? That yes. was Mangold, who were, yeah. I guess apparently he's the one who, who like leaked that. Oh, really? Because he, yeah, because he was the one who was going to direct the movie, and he was like trying to get the movie made. So that's I remember hearing that before this, by the way, and I was like, huh, okay. Makes sense because like, it seemed obvious that he was trying to save his job. Like, hey, I'm making this movie, guys. <laughs> hey, you know, and, and it makes sense because the Hollywood Reporter, you know, put it out there. The, the fact that he was the one doing it probably made the reason why they, they released it. So, whatever, right? Um, fast forward to then all of a sudden him doing, you know, Indiana Jones. It's, okay, it's interesting. Second thing you got to think about too is that the, the double D's, uh, Benny, uh, you know, the, the guys from the Game of Thrones, they were doing the same movie. You know, like they were doing an ancient Jedi story. And I'm just kind of like, yeah. and that you bring up Mangold and like liking that tweet about Taika. There's, there's a narrative being built. And then you add in the fact also that he's also doing Swamp Thing for James Gunn's DC Universe. At the same time, there's... I, I say all that for a couple of reasons. I think Mangold wants to do this movie. I don't think Mangold also... This was all an original idea for Mangold. I think this is something that he thought, like they probably were talking about. He's probably into the idea. And he's probably also like let's see, let's wait and see on this. Or there's something that's like not letting it be 100% greenlit because if he was all, if he was 100%, I'm making this goddamn movie, he'd be making that. And maybe Swamp Thing wouldn't be being made. The fact he's got Swamp Thing and this movie going on at the same time, the history of, of the whole Boba Fett thing, the Benioff and Weiss thing. And then, you know, uh, you know, whatever this whole Indiana Jones thing. I just feel that, this is something that they want to do and that they probably tapped him to do it. He's interested in doing it. And the, one of the reasons why they want to do it still is they probably have spent a lot of money in pre-production and it's already there. Like the story idea is there. It's just like getting the script made. I mean, there was rumors back, back in the day about that script being made about the old Republic, but that one lady from um, mm -hmm. uh, who did the, the altered carbon, it would not shock me if that was part of the production process of Benioff and Weiss's, you know, again, I don't, I'm just spit, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, spitballing here. But my point is I'm pretty sure because they were, they, you know, they were working on that, I think for a while, you know, and I would not be shocked that there was enough pre-production that like they are, because they want to make Star Wars movies as soon as possible. Mangold's already on board for Boba Fett. He's already on board for Indiana Jones. It just, you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like this is not like an original tale, but he's all about making himself look better. Like, I have this idea. Like, eh, I don't know if I believe that. Um, I think he probably has a loose idea that was probably based on something that Benioff and Weiss or was already established and that he's building off of. Yes, sure, whatever. But it's not like an original take. Like, I have his original idea. Like, he brought it to them. I think it's bull crap. And given his track record so far, and considering the fact that he's already got Swamp Thing in the in the bank, or and he's working on that too, I think he's not exactly confident that this is being made himself. So I'm throwing that all out there. I like Mangold. We'll see what happens. If Indiana Jones blows up and is huge, 
then yeah, then maybe they fast track it. But if it's a moderate hit and he's busy at Swamp Thing, I don't. I I have a hard time believing Mangold's gonna make this movie. I hey, all wrong. I'm wrong. I have no problem. But you know what? I'm twenty percent chance. Probably it's 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 me being dramatic. I'd say I'm 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 forty. I think of a 40 percent. It gets made. I'll say that forty percent is like the highest I'll go. Because I just I just don't I just don't think it's gonna happen considering where this is at. So just gonna throw it out there. Well, See, though, I'm more concerned about the whole situation with him doing Swamp Thing being the reason for him possibly not doing. But Dr. that's Jedi. why I think he. But that's, that's why I think he's doing Swamp Thing first because I think he knows yeah, the track. I, I do think Star this is probably Wars. the last one to be released out of the three. I will absolutely kind of what I'm thinking right now, and it, well, you just can't help but think of it being like another Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron situation where she was still tapped to do Wonder Woman three, and then it was announced she was doing Rogue Squadron. So it's kind of that. Same thing. We're almost waiting for the other shoe to drop for like, which one, which project is he not going to do type of scenario where, I mean, if he's able to do both, that's great. I mean, win-win, but just again, going back to the whole past track record thing is like, sadly, we've seen the opposite before where more than likely these scenarios don't work out when, you know, they're involved with a couple of different projects going on at the same time. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I'll counter with this. You said that, uh, Kathleen Kennedy said the um, that Dave Filoni's movie is probably six to seven years away. And we know that the the Ray movie with the new Jedi Order is going to be the next one up. So that'll be presumably 2025 if they're sticking to their every two years. Obviously, there's not one coming out this year. Um, but let's let's assume or just just, you know, sort of for the sake of argument, we'll we'll assume this that. That movie's coming out 2025 and that Dave Filoni's is coming out 2029 and that'll be the finale of all the Mando stuff. That leaves 2027 open for James Mangold's movie. That's four years from now, almost five years or four and a half years from now if it's December. Um, I think that's plenty of time for him to work on this and Swamp Thing at the same time, especially if, no way if, in hell. if Swamp Thing were no to come out way. first. Um, if he's directing Swamp Thing and writing and writing this no, and directing... Did he, did he Firm that he's directing it because he just said that he was writing it at the same time that he's working on yes. Star Wars. I think he yes, did. It's either him or James Gunn confirmed it. Yeah, they okay. confirmed it. He's he's directing and writing. Yeah. Still, dude, he could. That's there's no pretty, way. That's gonna be a rush job, though. dude. <laughs> there's um, no way it's happening, Kyle. There's no way that's happening. There's no I way. Don't know, but if you can consider, I mean, the fact that the the Ray movie that's not even shooting yet, so that's going to be in. I mean, these movies they're, they're usually in production for a year. At I most, would say if, and if then he had the Swamp Thing script done and like he was ready to move into direct it, yeah. But the fact that both scripts haven't been written yet, or at least not that far along, unless he's not, and, yeah, unless he's not writing the Star Wars film, which is possible, but it it's really possible. Seem, but at the same time. That that makes me even more nervous because he has to sign off on it. And if, if he's like, if he's doing Swamp Thing and he sees these scripts that suck, he's going to be like, eh, no, I'm good, guys. See you later. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not, there's, he's protected because it, it, it definitely, here's what, here's what it comes down to. I, it really does feel like Mangold is like, I want to do this. And they want him to do it. And it, but it's just kind of like he holds all the cards and that's not a good thing. Because if you go to the Ray situation or the, or this whole Lindelhoff and this whole 2025 situation, it's the exact opposite. Where it's and this is where it should be, in my opinion, to be honest. Whereas Lucasfilm's like, no, 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 
we got the story, we got the idea, we got our director, we got to get a writer to get the, you know, we, it's, that's what they need to do. And they kind of, kind of have that, which I think with, with this whole Donna Jedi thing, but if they really want Mangle to do it and he wants to do it, then there needs to be a more of a pressing need to get it done with him. Cause before, before it was announced, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And when they announced Swamp Thing, I'm like, there's no way it's kids. There's no way. I was shocked. And I, and it makes me, it makes me nervous. And I, I honestly, there's going to be egg on someone's face, either James Gunn, or it's going to be Kathleen Kennedy. If she's still here by then, which I, I also put that into question. So it's in this, that's another whole other thing, right? If she makes it over the next year, I don't even know if she will. So, I mean, if she's gone, Mangle could be gone. I mean, all projects she does and wants to do will be gone. Taika, Ryan Johnson. I mean, like all that stuff. I mean, it's, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, I'm, I'm listen, I'm not a Kathleen Kennedy basher, basher by any means, but I think she needs to go and I would not be shocked if she goes within the next year, especially with Iger being back. And it, it honestly, Mangold is a, is a Kathleen Kennedy person. And if, and, and that's why I, and this is why I hate to get into the weeds on this one, but I'm just going to say, it. I think that's why it's, it's again, it's, it's a whole Boba Fett situation again. He's like, they're like, Oh, we're doing this. Get you excited. So people will keep you on past Kathleen Kennedy or whatever, because if it doesn't happen, he's got Swamp Thing. So it just, it all reads like that way to me. That's just how I'm reading it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it is a, a complicated situation with him doing both at the same time, but we don't know. I mean, they haven't announced a release date for that movie. They haven't announced a date for Swamp Thing. Um, I feel like there's certainly room for both to happen over the next few years. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Um, you know, obviously these guys hold all the cards as far as timelines and and you know what they're doing on the production side and stuff. You know, we don't know what's going on. So okay. uh, like I said, I just, I hope it gets made. It sounds like a really cool idea. He described it as like a biblical epic uh, set in Star Wars, kind of like the the old 10 commandments movie, something like that. Um, so I just think doing something like that with, you know, just something on that scope and scale with ancient Jedi and stuff, I think would be, really cool to see and that's why also like the idea of it being about like sort of the discovery of the force doesn't necessarily bother me because if it's this big epic movie i think it'll be about more than just that it could start with and you know it could be a three-hour movie that covers like several generations or at least several years of time and maybe starts with people discovering the force for the first time and then goes into you know them forming the jedi order and then having their first sith or their first you know enemies to fight or something like that so covering all of that stuff i think would be really cool to see um so again i'm i'm well aware that given the recent track record and and things going on with this one that this is maybe it makes sense that this might be the one that people are the least certain about but it's also maybe the one that i'm the most um you know the, the one that i would maybe most like to see um especially in terms of like cool new stuff that we haven't seen before in a star wars movie so um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it and I hope it happens. And you had the best solution to this problem, Kyle. I mean, I just sent this in a text, just put Gary and Shard in Dawn of the Jedi and it'll satisfy <laughs> making Swamp Thing and the, the Jedi movie. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, except um, he's not a Jedi. So we'd have to have a Jedi of, of Gory and Shard species. Right. We see the origins of their species. Maybe his species is the one that discovers the force. <laughs> 
but um all right so that's the dawn of the jedi movie um let's go to the uh the new jedi order movie with ray how are you guys feeling about that one this one is where i'm surprised we're getting so soon um but no, obviously wait. it's yeah. something that i think we all want to see we've been talking about it since the sequel trilogy ended about the possibilities of continuing ray's story beyond uh, the rise of skywalker and seeing what that'll be like and the fa- i do like how they said it is 15 years after the rise of skywalker mm-hmm. giving enough time uh to pass to where she will be obviously maybe not the jedi orders established but her as a jedi i mean potentially a jedi master at this point is going to be really cool to see ray at this stage i mean the the only concern i have and i don't think this will necessarily happen because i don't believe they'll go down this route because you just can't do a whole thing where it's like another failure type thing to set up the Jedi Order. This has to be the story where we do see the Jedi Order fully come back this time mm-hmm. with no hiccups that causes it to fall to crumble after it was built up so shortly as we saw in the case of Luke. So um, this has to be that story where we see it happen for real this time with Rey um, being at the forefront of that. And I know there's been some talk about too, as far as this Actually, I mean, is Ray going to be the main character still of this? And if that's the case, why isn't it episode 10? Um, but I'm kind of more leaning towards where she's not going to be the main character of it, where she is yeah. going to be more on that mentor uh, type role that we saw with Obi-Wan yeah. and Luke, um, which I am really looking forward to seeing that, which is why I'm glad it's going to be taking place 15 years later. And just really curious to see what um, type of threat they'd have to go up against in this one and again another thing i hope they don't do is resurface the empire or something to come out the ashes of the empire i mean uh so i don't think they'll go that route i'm really excited at the potential for some new stuff being introduced in this timeline set uh 15 years after the rise of skywalker not just for the jedi but what kind of uh, threats the galaxy may be facing here and maybe the first big threat since the fall of the first order um which would be cool to see and just kind of like the first test that this new jedi order will have to uh, face during this time so yeah a lot of cool potential with this and uh, just really cool that daisy ridley is coming back as ray it is i guess if it comes out in 2025 it will be 10 years since the force awakens i always kind of felt it would be uh, an, a good gap will be 10 years after the rise of skywalker but mm-hmm. at the same time it's not going to be a huge difference and like i said as long as the time play, time period in the actual story is a good gap which it will be um then i think it's going to be something really great to see daisy ridley back as ray um sooner rather than later and who knows with the other characters that might show up like find more with finn too and developed it how he developed it with his force abilities too so just a lot of cool stuff on the table um for the potential of this movie so yeah i'm excited for it wasn't expecting it and i still haven't found footage maybe i haven't looked hard enough but of them actually bringing daisy ridley out on stage and seeing that reaction it's one of the things i'm bummed that they didn't stream this panel on the official Star Wars YouTube page because um, despite we know how they used to black out all the trailers are exclusive for the con, which would have been cool. We're used to that, but I still don't know why they're not streaming these panels for everyone else because mm. that had to be a great reaction uh, when they brought Daisy Ridley out. I heard everyone, so those who were yeah. there who I knew <laughs> said it, she got a great reaction and the crowd went crazy. So hopefully someone filmed that. <laughs> I could maybe look harder for it on YouTube or on the internet or somewhere. I think I've seen clips of that. 
Because I yeah, did try doing have, a search for it on Friday and I didn't see anything, but since then I haven't done a search. There's like there's like Twitter, it's like Twitter video, like a quick like two minute video of mm. her walking out in a red dress and she's like smiling and she looks really happy. It's it, I, listen, I am I was shocked. This is probably the most shocked I was was the fact that she's mm -hmm. in this movie. And it started really hitting me when when I started reading all the news and went, whoa. And I got to tell you, I actually commend whoever's idea was to push this forward. I commend them because this was something that I think I've been asking for since the end of Re the Rise of Skywalker, which whether or not you love the movie, you hate the movie, you hate the sequel trilogy, whatever. And, and I feel like the Mando verse, whatever you want to call it, is is definitely helping improve what the the, the Force Awakens and you know and the sequel trilogy have, have started. Is making it matter, right? You may not love every decision that the sequel trilogy has, and Lord knows I've had my issues with some of the things. That being said, if you make the if you make the decisions matter that happen in those films, it makes them better movies. Maybe not during the time, like when you first watched it, but we all can agree that the, the Clone Wars animated series did wonders for the clone, at least for me, the prequel trilogy. And it didn't make it like, you know, went from a, a zero to a ten, but it, it definitely helps a lot. It made me accept a lot of the things that it's kind of was about that. I just, and now I accept for star Wars and I don't care. I like it. So I say all that to where the fact that when I read, it was 15 years after the rise of Skywalker. I went, that is genius. Yeah. And this is what I tell you. This is what, this is why it's genius. Okay. First of all, I like you, Tim. I, I, it, I was, I was like, okay, is it a saga film? I don't think this is going to be, I, you you leave your options open by you cat you you're, you're casting her you know Daisy Ridley as Ray, she's in the movie she's not a main character, you leave her for the saga films if you plan on doing those and I think and I'll, I'll get to that in a second too, which I still think is a, is a smaller option I'm not but you know what I'll, to, to my to my surprise guys, I'm not sure I even need a 10 11 12, which I thought maybe I did but now I don't know if I do, and I'll get to that in a second. This is why it's genius. You're utilizing Daisy Ridley's youth by making it 15 years later by aging her up just a little bit. Like we're talking mm -hmm. like barely anything and that she can now age gracefully in that role. And you never have to worry about having to be like, you know, retroactively doing de-aging and do all that crap. Cause she's always going to be ahead of, you know, older in her movies and, and she is in real life. And she's going to probably age amazingly anyway because she's you know an actress and all that stuff so you get what i'm saying like that as far as her looking you know good and, and, and as far as like you know her age and everything and like not having to like right around that you don't have to worry about that now you've now establishing you know it going forward here's the other genius thing what have i always been pounding the table for after the rise of skywalker give us an animated series that starts establishing something now with this movie, uh, the, the brilliance of this, you now establish 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, 15 years of stories that you can now tell through the books, comics, and yes, I said animated series. And I think that is yes. <laughs> 1000% going to happen. Something like, again, maybe, maybe it'll be an animated series. I don't know. Maybe it'd be a TV series with, with a Finn TV series. We talked, there have been rumors of, you know, kind of whispers of. I think. That's the genius thing you've done because now you've set, you've basically set a flag in the ground of what's to establish between 
Rise of Skywalker and this new film now with, with that character and the new Jedi Order. And that to me is the genius part because you need to flesh out all these other stories because you can't just be like, oh, um, you know, create it as you go because you've now eliminated all the potential like creative aspects of what you know could be done, you know, between then, right? And whoever wants to do it in the fort in the future, you've kind of killed that. Now you're you're making you're making do with what with that character, you're making a film and you're setting a flag in the ground. It's only 15 years, it's not 20 years, not 30 years, it's a good amount of time. Now you have plenty of room to play with, and you've already established with these other you know, you have Dave Filoni. Who's obviously we heard rumors when Daniel uh, Daniel Lindelhoff and all his writing crew were making this movie. Dave Filoni was a part of that, so you already have established like this creative brain trust of like we've established we're happy with this. This is where Ray's character is going to take the Jedi Order at this point, and now you have 15 years of ancillary material of video games, animation, comics, and books to flesh out those stories, and now build up to that 15 year, you know, thing. It's genius. It's really genius. And in all the different ways. And now you also, if you make her not a main character, which she may, she may be a main character. We don't know. And if she is, and in, in the in the sequel trilogies are now no longer going to be, this is now the future of star Wars. It's going to be TV and these solo films. That's fine. I think it makes sense that the sequel trilogy could be the last of the trilogies. If, it's 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 fits it the rise of skywalker could really be the rise of the new way of doing things in a way a send-off to this new character and what that means it's it actually is genius and i'm kind of like dang man so i again I, I started going off on this i've thought a lot about this obviously and i think it's brilliant and hopefully the movies and the story is good because I think there's a lot of potential with that. And I think that, you know, if it, uh, you leave a crack open for a 10, 11, 12 for the next generation, which that's makes sense, right? Cause that's what, you know, whoever raised me, passing it on to, if it is the new Skywalker family or whatever that is that you, you leave it open or maybe, maybe 10, 11, 12, that we talked about before the show, Tim, maybe this is that segue of, it goes from a Skywalker saga to like this new saga for whatever they could, but now you've kind of prepared us and built it into that. Does that make any sense? Like it kind of, because whoever she's passing her close connection to, whether it be a Skywalker or whoever she's associated with at that point, like that now transitions into that new name of saga. It goes from the Skywalker to this new generation or new saga of, of like, of, of like a family. I don't know. You leave that, you leave it open slightly. So I think it's genius and I, I, I hope it's good. I mean, I know Lindelhoff, I have a huge respect for, he does not sound confident in it to be, which is a bummer, but you know what? We got the guy writing Eastern promises, the movie and that movie effing rules. If he hasn't seen that movie, it was Viggo Mortensen. No. Fantastic. Cronenberg. Uh, I mean, you came out, you, you can't, you can't get it. It's, it's amazing. So um, yeah, it's fantastic. I think this is genius. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. Well, see, I hear everything you're saying about the potential for, you know, setting it up with animated series and all that kind of stuff. My, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this. I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing it. I'm surprised that they're doing it this soon. Um, especially because, I mean, like you're saying, fleshing out those time periods in between 
I feel like we're not quite done doing that with the sequel trilogy yet, especially with all the Mando stuff and everything, setting up stuff for uh, for the sequel trilogy. And especially because, and we'll get into this more when we talk about um, the Filoni movie and the Ahsoka series and stuff, that it seems to kind of be pivoting away from just the Mandalorian to more of the stuff focused on the New Republic versus the Remnant Empire and more things that are going to tie into the state of the new Republic and the first order and stuff in the sequel trilogy. I think they're building up to their own big story here while I think they're also going to continue laying more groundwork for the sequel trilogy. So I hope they don't shoot themselves in the foot by jumping too far ahead now and then maybe creating situations where you have to like retcon stuff, um, you know, that's happening in the Mando stuff, or maybe like things happening in Mando that you could reference later on or take advantage of, but like now you're not going to be able to because you're already making that movie now. Um, so I think, you know, obviously Disney wants to, you know, make their money, especially after they've had so many Star Wars movies fall through. Like, it makes sense that they want to push this out as the next, um, you know, the next Star Wars film. But like, I feel like for me in a perfect world with all the other stuff they've got going on, I would maybe wait another like five or 10 years for this movie, especially with it being 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. Um and have like a 35, 40 year old Daisy Ridley playing Ray instead of like, I don't even know if she's 30 yet at this point. Um, I will say I am glad that they're not calling it episode 10. I, for one, like, especially I think because they introduced this timeline and they're kind of going to just be hopping all over. I think they're moving from the Skywalker saga to just this is all the Star Wars saga and we're going to have theatrical films and TV shows from all over the timeline. And it's not just going to be kind of one central storyline anymore. Um, and I'm fine with that, but also the fact that, you know, for the marketing for Rise of Skywalker, they were like the, you know, the conclusion to the Skywalker trilogy. This is the final, or the Skywalker saga. Like, this is the final movie of the Skywalker saga. And I always thought like, oh, I think they're gonna, I, I'm sure they'll go back on that at some point, like 10, 15 years in the future and do an episode 10. But the fact that they're announcing this just four years after Rise of Skywalker, I would be extremely cynical if they were like, this is episode 10. It's like, you told us there wasn't going to be one. Like, and again, we know at some point they might change their mind and go back on it, but it's like, you, I would really have to call BS and be like, that was just marketing hype to get people excited for the movie. And you just lied to our faces. So I'm glad they didn't do that. And even if this does establish a new generation of Jedi and sort of a new generation of heroes that you could tell stories about, I don't necessarily want it to be, um, you know, I don't want there to be a, this to be a bridge to then an episode 10, 11, and 12 that you would tell with a different set of characters. Because um, again, I, I think, think at this point, when they're doing, when they're going to be doing so many different movies and so many different stories, it's like, I think they, they really are trying to move away from the idea of there being one sort of central storyline in Star Wars. It's like, we've got our well, one through nine Skywalker saga. I don't know, because there's so much, there's... There's going to be so much to pick and choose from and so much to get excited no, about. And, you know, for some people, you know, I mean, obviously, a lot of people are kind of jaded about the sequel trilogy and aren't, aren't going to be very excited about a Ray movie, but they might be really excited for the, the Mando movie or the Dawn of the Jedi movie. And it's like, you know, so you don't. I feel you don't try to like force people right. into into one certain thing by saying like, oh, I've, this is the mainline Star Wars. This is episode 10. This is the one that but, everybody has to see. But you just make a the bunch one of Star thing, Wars stories and let people watch the ones they want. You're, you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I, I think there's I think there's here's the thing. I think there's truth to both what we're saying, because here's the thing. I agree with you completely. 
And I think I'm, and it, honestly, before I'd be not as happy with that because I, I do love the traditional like three films. Like I love that. And, and Tim, Tim kind of is more in the middle between us, I think in that way, but this is what I will Shocker. say right now. Yeah. Right. right yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, but listen, but like I would say, but after this announcement, I'm more comfortable with not having that anymore, to be honest. And that sounds crazy, but I'm being truthful. Like I'm like, I'm almost ready to say like, because there's so much, and we've talked about this. I remember I, I did say this a long time ago too, that, I think the Mandalorian will kind of will make the all the stuff we're getting after a while, the Mandalorian and whatever, the Skywalker saga will just be a kind of like a, a big piece of a, the greater Star Wars puzzle, right? Yeah. Um now that being said though, the one thing that I and I, I'm I'm more comfortable with that than I ever have before, because this is like the future of Star Wars storytelling, I think. And that's what we talked talked about before. The one thing I, I that makes me go, I don't know, is I look at the Marvel model. And I do think that those Avengers films, they they are like they're and they're not saying that they make them like Avengers films, but you get what I'm saying too, right, Tim? Like I'm like they, they are events. Yeah, the they're the events. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. And I think that's where I think the seek the seek, but here's the problem though, too, with that. How far do you keep going? Episode 25. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. well, right, no, there, there has is, to, but that's but that's what I'm no, saying no, no. is they're they're trying to do that for all the Star Wars movies now. It's no, 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 not no, no, gonna no. be Right, this right, one, right. I, you know, I, it's it's I, one I have, big universe and no, one big I, I know, I know, I know, but I do think, but I do think you could save this episodes and be kind of fun to like not market them as 10, 11, 12, but like have it be a part of it if you have a trilogy and kind of keep that going. Because I have two things I want to add, and I'll, I'll shut up for a long time, I promise. Um, and that because one thing is kind of like an offshoot of the same thing. The wrap up on my, my thoughts on this is that. The one thing that's important for the sequel, the, or excuse me, the, the, the trilogies, and I think that you would agree with this, Tim, is really handing off the new heroes. Like, they have that mm -hmm. emphasis of, like, handing off where's this new generation of people can grow up with heroes. Not just have, like, you know, these offshoot one, you know, which is still important. I do think it's important to have, like, a really, like, a generational, like, people can gravitate towards these new, these heroes and grow up with them. There's something special about that. And I think that whether or not it happens or not, it remains to be seen. But I do think that's the importance of those event films could do is really have the those previous generation give off to the next one. Now, the last thing I'm going to say, and it kind of defeats also the whole event film, is that if you guys caught this, is that Kathleen Kennedy confirmed the crawl is coming back. Yep. And that's that. what I was going to bring up. I think yeah, they're just trying to go back to making them all event films rather than having like, oh, these are the important ones, the 10, 11, 12, and then these are spinoffs over here. I and, think that's, and that's maybe, where I think that might yeah. be another course correction that they're trying to do from Solo, where maybe they feel like, oh, because it wasn't, because we marketed it as a spinoff and a, a Star Wars story in the middle of doing seven, eight, nine, that maybe people weren't as invested in that. And they're like, oh, I'll just stick to the main ones. So I think going what? forward, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, bringing, they're bringing the crawls back. They're taking away the episode numbers. It's like every one of these movies is just as much a Star Wars movie as the next, no matter where it what takes if, place in the timeline. And they want them all to be big event movies. What What if, I promise I'll shut up after this, but this is more funny than anything. I think you're going to get kicked <laughs> out of this. What if this movie ends up being episode 10 like not like not like they intended it to do but because it gets so successful 
they turn it into it like George Lucas turns it back. Oh, no. Like so it goes, so it goes like retroactively to like episode 10. So like before we first see it, it's just like whatever. And then it's like now it's episode 10. They go, oh, they make this other they oh re-release it like be... a year later with the episode yeah. 10. Oh, oh my god. It would be irony, but I would honest honestly, I would I would die because i would i would love that i would hey you know maybe maybe 20 years from now some disney ceo will just retcon the entire thing and like dawn of the jedi will be episode one phantom menace will be episode two and they'll just go and number all of them in order so that they're all (laughs) saga films um but uh yeah i don't know tim did you get to talk about the the um New Jedi Order movie. I feel like it was mostly just me. Yeah. And Paul. <laughs> no, I was the one who kicked it off. So it was, okay, it was okay, that's ago, what so. I thought. We, we, we've been <laughs> rambling for so long, I couldn't remember. So let's go from that into the Dave Filoni movie. Now it's interesting because I said that the the Dawn of the Jedi one was my the one that I was maybe most excited for, just in terms of like a new premise and something that's like fresh and exciting that we haven't seen before. But also, I'm this might be like this one is also right up there because I'm. You know, I love Dave. I love what they're doing with Mando and all that kind of stuff. And Ahsoka looks phenomenal. I can't wait to talk about that in a minute. Um, but also, I'm I'm going to kind of jump around to Ahsoka a little bit. We'll still we'll still spend some time talking just about that trailer and that panel and everything. But um, again, I thought it was really interesting that at first they said that it was going to be you know sort of again a culmination of of all these storylines. Um, started in the Mandalorian in the book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka and all these connected shows, skeleton crew. Um, But also I saw an interview where Dave mentioned, um, you know, they asked him about like, Oh, your Mandalorian movie. And he said like, well, it's not so much a Mandalorian movie as more like a a new Republic movie and them having like an Epic battle with the, the remnant empire. Um, so I think they're kind of using Mando as a springboard for this kind of stuff. I would be shocked if we don't see Mandalorians in the movie at some point, but I don't think that this is going to be a movie with Din Djarin as the main character. I think what this is going to be, and I think they were kind of setting this up all weekend. They didn't announce a title for this movie, but guys, I would put like 10 bucks right now on this movie being called Heir to the Empire. Like Thrawn yeah. is coming back. <laughs> We're getting, you know, the Imperial Remnant. They're setting up this big conflict between the New Republic and, and the Empire. And I would It's be, already been name dropped, too. <laughs> yeah, they name drop it in the Ahsoka uh, trailer. And so I, just the idea of sitting in a movie theater, watching a new Star Wars movie on opening night, and it starts with the title crawl, and the title that goes up is Heir to the Empire. And then it ends with directed by Dave Filoni at the end. I'm going to lose my mind. Like <laughs> I, somebody get me some resuscitation pads or something. Like I'm, I'm going to lose my mind when that happens. So um, I feel like at this point, it's not like, I wasn't like the most hyped for this announcement because again, because just because it's building off of all this stuff that we already know, it just kind of felt like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Good for Dave. I'm happy for him. But also when I think about the idea of actually watching this movie, I'm going to go crazy. Like it's, I can't wait to see this. Um, I'm actually a little bit surprised that it's not John Favreau directing it. Um, only because like, you know, the Mandalorian was kind of his baby from the beginning. Um, and obviously it's been him and Dave working very closely together, but also, you know, John is kind of the, you know, kind of credited as the showrunner and the executive producer, and he writes all the episodes, but he's only directed one so far. And yet that one movie that he directed, I feel like is probably the most cinematic episode 
uh, of the series so far, or the one that feels the most like its own kind of standalone movie. Um, and if there was one that I could pick to like walk, watch on the big screen, even though it's not necessarily like it's a great episode, it's not necessarily my favorite episode just because there's some other fantastic ones in there. But if I had to pick one episode to watch on a big screen, it might be that episode, The Marshall, um, just because I'm like, man, that would be awesome to see like on on the big screen as kind of like a movie experience. And obviously we know John's pedigree with like, you know, Jungle Book and Lion King and Iron Man and all the MCU stuff. So um, I kind of assumed that like if they were going to culminate this with a big theatrical movie, I assumed it would be John Favreau doing it. But I'm super excited for Dave to get the chance to do it. You know, all weekend, everybody was pr singing his praises about you know, how passionate he is about this stuff and how much of a, you know, mainstay he is at Lucasfilm and how much he knows about Star Wars and how much everybody loves working with him and stuff. And so it's just, I'm super happy for him. I'm glad to see him get the opportunity and I can't wait to see what he comes up with. Um, and also, I, I, I didn't hear that quote from Kathleen Kennedy about it being six or seven years away, because to me, this brought up a lot of questions about sort of the timing of things and how much longer is Mando going to go for, um, because there, there were a lot of interesting quotes being thrown around. Rick Famuyiwa talked about the next two episodes of season three sort of wrapping a lot of stuff up. And then they talked about this movie wrapping stuff up. And yet John Favreau had talked about like not really having an end in sight and it could go on for a while and stuff. And so I was like, wait, are they ending Mando sooner than later? Like, is there some stuff going on behind the scenes? Cause also there were, you know, there's always rumors going around about like John Favreau and Kathleen Kennedy butting heads or Pedro Pascal being unhappy and stuff like that. And you never know like what to believe or anything. Um, but the fact that it's, six to seven years away makes me feel more sort of secure about things because John Favreau did say that he's already written season four of the Mandalorian and that that won't be the last season. Um, so I could see Mando going like five seasons, maybe Ahsoka doing like two or three seasons and then skeleton crew and maybe another season of book of Boba Fett. And maybe we get some other stuff in there. And then, like I said, 2029, we get the heir to the empire movie culminating all of that stuff. Um, I think that would be perfect. I think that would be a great timing for everything. I also could see, like I said, a lot of this stuff has originated in The Mandalorian, but I think especially the New Republic and Empire stuff is going to grow a lot bigger than just that show. So it's like, you could go back to just the adventures of Mando and Grogu kind of separate from all of that stuff and keep the story of The Mandalorian going. It doesn't necessarily need to end with that, but they're setting up these big plot threads where at least that part of the story is going to culminate there. So... Um, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it right now. But yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm super excited for Dave, super excited for this movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, super excited to see, you know, what happens with the rest of the season of Mando too, and how it starts setting that stuff up. They also screened the next episode of the Mandalorian there after this panel. Um, and thankfully, you know, I've been able to avoid spoilers and I haven't seen stuff leak out or anything, but I did hear from people who got to see it that it's incredible. Everybody's saying it's the best episode of the season and maybe the best episode of the entire series and that it does start wow. pushing a lot. It, it, they, they said it moves the story forward a lot more than any episode this season. Um, so I'm thinking we're, we're really going to start seeing some cool stuff that is the beginning of setting up kind of some of this stuff that we're going to see culminate in this movie. So I'm really excited about all this stuff going forward. Yeah, this is just such awesome news to get this one of many, but this is the one that I think made you feel the happiest, like you said, for Dave Filoni finally being able to get his chance to direct a live action Star Wars movie. 
especially you know for those of us who follow Clone Wars from the beginning and just knew that he was someone who just got Star Wars like no one else other than George Lucas and he's obviously shown time and time again that he does just a skill as a filmmaker and from animation going to live action it's just now that he's finally getting the chance to do a Star Wars movie is just so great really happy for him and like you were saying to Kyle just almost everyone involved with these different series and um, they always bring him up and it's like you just see how genuine it is too just how much uh, people respect him and just kind of almost in awe of his Star Wars knowledge too. So that's just great to see. And the, when I saw that shot, again, I didn't haven't seen any footage of it either, but that shot of Van Gold and Dave Filoni and the director for the New Jedi Order, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but just seeing the three of them there as the new director or as the directors for the new upcoming Star Wars movie, it was just awesome to see Dave among that group. So super happy for him and all the confidence in the world that he's just going to knock it out of the park with his first live action Star Wars movie. But again, it's just awesome too that this event series has now become a movie because this is something we've talked about and speculated on too in past episodes. Just thinking like when we didn't know what was going on with Star Wars on the big screen and how we even kind of thought, how cool would it be like the first movie, new Star Wars movie to kick off uh, feature films again is that culmination series of the Mandalorian universe. And now it's happening. It's not going to be the first one we get. It might be the last or second to last, but just the fact that it's happening, that it will be a movie now, I just think is a genius move and an exciting one because this is, I think, ties into that, that really goes into that event film that we were talking about compared it to Avengers or the Skywalker saga films because this is really going to feel, I think, out of anything more possibly like an Avengers film than any other Star Wars movie because mm-hmm. of the characters that can show up to it. And you're mentioning, Kyle, how you might not think Mando's going to be the main character of it. But again, comparing it to Avengers, it can be that ensemble where maybe there is not really one character who is going to be the main one. It's probably going to be kind of a combination of Din Djarin, Ahsoka, hopefully Boba Fett. I mean, I hope he really shows up in this and to see Boba Fett on the big screen again. Yeah. Well, I think the big question is, are we going to get CGI Han, Luke, and Leia in it? Yeah, that's a big one, too. And... I mean, that would be awesome. I, I've seen some tweets, people saying that's, that's that'll be the end of Star Wars for them. And I'm like, really? That's what's going to do it for, for you? But I mean, I make... think I think Luke is a given, given, Especially, you know, what they've what they've done so far with Mandalorian. Yeah, and, and how Bo- they develop. The, the, the question is if we're going to see Han and Leia eventually as well. I mean, we know they can do it with Han, as we're seeing in Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, how we are going to get mm-hmm. a flashback with the de-aging there. The biggest one, obviously, would probably be Carrie Fisher, um, if her family would want to do that, if to have us de-aging them with a new actress uh, playing it. That's but, true. Um, so I wonder, I mean, you can't help but think that, especially as far as an idea that they want to do, um, because obviously comparing it to, or it being adaption, or adaption is the wrong word, but doing the new canon version of Heir to the Empire. And if the Empire really kind of shows as a main threat coming back, it would make sense for Han, Luke, and Leia to be involved with it some way. And like you said, they've shown what they can do with that technology. They established or bought more money into it as far as developing it and getting in with more of the deep fake too. So they're putting money more into that technology and it would make sense if this was for something like this for a feature film. So um, that's something that I'm not counting on 100% happening, but 
it's definitely in the high realm of possibilities. And just imagine seeing Han, Luke, and Leia again together on the big screen, kind of not too far after the events of Return of the Jedi. I mean, I'll lose it. I'm sure a lot of people are going to lose it at that moment if that does indeed happen. But yeah, yeah there's a lot of potential stuff that's making this really exciting. And not even if, if Han, Luke, and Leia are not in it, just getting this culmination of the stories with the characters that have been featured as the major players in the story in the various series that we've gotten and that we're going to get coming up. That's just going to be amazing in itself. Um, but, well, I was going to say, one thing I was thinking about how if the Empire and Thrawn really, like the remnants of it, really show what a threat they can be, if that kind of contradicts certain things about how the New Republic built or viewed the uprising of the First Order, it's like if the Empire did come back in a big way for a little bit under Thrawn, then of course they'll get defeated. With the New Republic still kind of, it would be kind of dumb on their part to turn a blind eye to another uprising with the First Order later down the road. Yes. Down the line. Es- so. Especially since in Mando, they've already referenced the New Republic dismantling their ships. Yeah, so it's exactly. like you you demilitarized and then remnants of the Empire came back and you had to rise up and fight them again. And then you were like, you know what? Okay, that was a one-time thing. Now we're still going to decommission our military again. It's like, doesn't make the New Republic look very good but exactly <laughs> so yeah might that's why it's probably going to obviously really focus on these characters and these groups that we've been established in these series so far and if you need a heavy hitter i mean as we talked about luke is up there for play as well so um yeah it's just great all the way around the fact that event series is now becoming a movie dave filoni is going to be directing it it's just going to be awesome though the worst part about it is knowing it's going to be five to seven years away but until then i'm sure we're going to get more great stuff on the tv front that's just going to build that anticipation and that excitement for this movie as we get closer and closer to it over the next few years so yeah this just made me super happy for a lot of reasons when uh, i saw this get announced yeah and to echo everything you guys have said i'll, I'll just add this that I, <clears throat> listen I'm stoked about this. I'm not surprised. I'm and I'm it's a good surprise. I'm not surprised because I'm I think this was a no-brainer and I'm I it because it should happen. And there's a couple of things. It makes more sense to me that it's six, seven years away, based only on the fact that they they probably want to milk the series as much as possible. And I mean like by series, like the the spin-off series, like the Ahsokas and the you know, all that stuff. Because here's the thing. One thing that I, you always got to hear what people say and you got to put it in a context what that means. Because what did, what did Rosario, uh, Rosario Dawson say about Rosario Dawson? Oh my God. Rosario Dawson <laughs> said about. I'm um, glad she's not playing Ahsoka. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, but what, what, did, what did Dawson say about Ahsoka? She's like, if it's good, it'll get a season two. But all we heard before was it's a limited series, a special yeah. limited series. Now I said, mm-hmm. well, if it gets good, it'll get a season two. Just like Obi-Wan's like, well, maybe it wasn't yeah. a limited series. But now I'm gonna see. So I guess what I'm saying is it gives them room to kind of see how series play out and what they, because also what they are going to announce later on that, they, that they're planning on doing that we don't know about for TV series. Like for me, is it a Rangers new Republic going to happen? Uh, I, I, it seems to be that, that we've gotten a lot of that in this, the Mandalorian season three here, which people seem to be complaining about, which see, oh God, I love season three. That's just me. Um, but that being said, I, it, it makes more sense that why that's probably the least, the, the most out. She says six to seven years because it takes, you know, 
two, it probably they probably want a couple of years between films. You know, they, they love a new film every year, but just realistically, it's just not happening the way they're, they're the way that the Marvel is is a different animal altogether. And you know, you can you can line up different things and and make them where Star Wars is a little more it has to be a little more organic than that. You know, and I think that they're, they're figuring that out. Um, but yeah, it just feels to me like the reason why it's so far away is because they want to, you know, they want to see what other series they, they have to do and tell stories. And because if Ahsoka's a runaway hit, which I don't know if it's a good segue for this or not, Kyle, but it just feels like that trailer. All signs point to yes. <laughs> all signs point to yes. Like yeah. it's going to be a, a smash hit. So I'll just kind of leave it. I'll kind of toss it to you, my friend. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of why I saved the Filoni film for last, is we could talk about that and Mando and kind of segue right into the Ahsoka series. Um, because they also, you know, that had its own dedicated panel the next day, but they also talked about it there at the studio showcase on Friday, and they showed the first trailer for it. And my goodness, I can't tell you how many times I've watched this trailer over the, you know, the last four days. Um, this show looks so freaking good like rosario dawson looks fantastic as ahsoka uh we got official confirmation of mary elizabeth winstead as sabine or as uh Hera. we see her in the trailer we see sabine in the trailer we see chopper we see in the initial trailer the back of thrawn's head um we also see morgan elsbeth back from the mandalorian we see hu yang who is confirmed to be voiced by david Tennant again um and we get some new villains. There looks to be a new Inquisitor, um, as well as a couple of new villains who I think their names are, uh, the, the guy's name is Balin, who's like the older guy played by Ray Stevenson, and then the younger woman who, um, I think her name is Shin. Um, and they're these very Sith-looking baddies with like reddish lightsabers, but they're kind of more orange and like the core of the lightsaber is kind of more orange than white. And it's funny because I saw a lot of people complaining about that and going like, man, the lightsabers just don't look very good in these Disney Plus series. And after watching it a couple of times, I'm like, you know what? I think that was intentional. And then I saw a clip with Dave Filoni later yeah. where he did indeed confirm that that was intentional, that um, it's supposed to be a little bit of a visual cue that even though these guys are bad guys because they have the same that you know their their lightsaber colors are in the same color range as all the bad guys in Star Wars um it's supposed to look a little bit different to let you know that these guys are not i think the the wording Dave used was like they're not what you might think they are at first um code for basically they're not Sith lords um which is good to see because as much as I figured like, okay, for Ahsoka, like she's going to have lightsabers. She's got the force. You got to give her lightsaber wielding force sensitive bad guys to go up against or else everything's going to be too easy. Um, but I'm glad that they're not just like, oh, we're just going to bring up a couple of other Sith Lords and have them pop up. Um, and Ray Stevenson, who plays uh, Balin, he, I, I was watching one of the segments where they were interviewing him on the Celebration live show. And they asked him something like, what word would you use to describe your character? And he mentioned something about it being like an Arthurian knight. Um, mm. I like you know, it's kind of like a, like an old school medieval knight on a quest. But then he also talked about how, you know, in the King Arthur legends with the Knights of the Round Table, how they don't all turn out to be good. So definitely seems to be a bad guy, but probably one of those guys that is like on a devoted quest, thinks he's doing the right thing, like has his own mission. Um and I don't, maybe he's some sort of Sith cultist. Maybe he's part of the group from Exegol. Maybe he's part of some other, you know, uh, 
cult or sect, you know, just like sort of you've got the guardians of the wills for the Jedi. Maybe this is part of some group that's sort of similar to that for the Sith. Um, but yeah, so really, really interesting stuff there. I can't wait to see those characters in action. But um, yeah, just the, I mean, the scope of this, the visuals we already are seeing um, just environments and, and battles and stuff that look bigger than anything we've seen in Mando so far. Um, and, uh, man, I'm just, I'm so excited to get another like Jedi adventure. And even, you know, we got Obi-Wan, which don't get me wrong. Like I loved Obi-Wan Kenobi, but that was really about him sort of getting his mojo back. Um, and as much as Ahsoka still is, you know, not technically a Jedi, we're getting her right off the bat with like the acrobatic moves and the lightsabers and going on adventures. And, you know, you see her in the trailer exploring ancient ruins and they're having lightsaber fights and they're exploring, you know, they're, they're having dog fights in space and stuff like I just inject all of that straight into my veins. <laughs> um, so I can't wait to see this. And then, of course, we're going to see Thrawn for the first time. And then, um, you know, obviously this is like, it's not going to be a one-off thing having him be the villain in this series. This is going to be setting up a lot of stuff that we're going to see eventually culminate in a movie. So I can't wait to see all of that. And then they did confirm at the panel that Lars Mikkelsen is coming back to play Thrawn. They showed an extended version of the trailer um, at the, the panel the next day where you actually see his face in it um, and some other cool stuff in there. But uh yeah, I just, I can't wait to see all of this stuff. And again, you know, Hera and Sabine look fantastic. I can't wait to see all them together. There's a shot in there of Hera flying the Phantom and uh, flying something, you know, flying straight at some kind of weird ship. It looks like maybe a, a cargo carrier that's carrying a big, like, round shield generator or some kind of weapon or something. But she's, like, dodging laser blasts and then Chopper is off on the side, you know, flailing his arms, being a perfect live-action interpretation of Chopper. Um, but can't wait till we see, get to see the ghost and see all those characters in the same spot in the same place, hopefully with Zeb in there as well. So, uh, man, this thing just looks like a dream come true for, uh, you know, especially Rebels fans and fans of the character of Ahsoka and all of us who've been following all the animated stuff for so long. It's so cool to get to see all this stuff in live action. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for for Dave getting to bring these characters back and tell these stories and getting to do his thing. So yeah, this just looks fantastic. Also, it was announced it's coming out in August this year, which uh, I believe I correctly this. predicted that. <laughs> um, but uh, we don't have an exact date yet. But August, that's a pretty good window. We don't have too too much longer to wait. Um, you know, once we get finished with Mando and everything, it'll just be like three months away or something. So um, yeah, super excited. This looks fantastic. Yeah, I think you and me almost sent out the exact same tweet after we saw it, Kyle, where we both just said it looks like everything we were hoping it would. And it really does. As I mentioned, I did see it when like around 4.30 or so in the morning. I saw, I just did a search for the official Star Wars Twitter account, see what they announced. And I saw that was the first pinned tweet they had. I'm like, oh, cool. We got the trailer already. I wasn't expecting that till tomorrow. But should I watch it now or should I wait till I'm fully awake? I got to watch it now. <laughs> and <laughs> Yeah, could have, it was really hard to go back to sleep after it because it just blew me away. It just looks absolutely incredible for all the reasons you mentioned and just kind of seeing seeing the stuff we were hoping to see, like uh, the Rebels characters in live action, uh, obviously Sabine, Hera, Chopper. And they, like you said, they all look great. And even Lothal, too. Lothal looks great in yeah. live action. 
the scope of it they're just really capturing how it did in rebels which is it's gonna be awesome <laughs> but, oh yeah and there's that there's a shot in the trailer that's right out of that rebels epilogue of ahsoka's yeah. jedi transport like flying over sabine you know sabine in uh in ezra's tower there on lothal heading towards the city yeah and i don't think this is in the trailer but it might have just been a still they showed during the panel where we see sabine from that exact moment with her short hair because she has long hair in this series so mm-hmm. and there's a line in there where ahsoka says it's been a long time or things have changed or something like that so before we were wondering how is this going to fit into where we see the end of rebels and ahsoka the white and how does that all fin- fit into that so it seems like ahsoka the white happened first and this is all happening after that and stuff is happening between the, on that moment and over the course of the series or when we found ahsoka in mandalorian season two so to you get might be overthinking those, yeah. that honestly Possibly. Yeah, but... I think they may have just ditched the Ahsoka the White thing. Yep. As far as you... as far as the white robes. You um, see... And I think I think they also went for just a little bit of a change because I know we saw Sabine with short hair at the end of Rebels, but I think she's gonna have long hair at the start of this series when Ahsoka comes to find her. And then I think she's gonna cut it short again before they leave and go off on their adventure. Mm. you see i was kind of thinking the series is gonna the first shot we see is going to be the recreation of that finale of rebels just done in live action and then we'll see sabine with short hair we'll see ahsoka the white and they'll have a little line of dialogue they'll we'll see both of them get into the ship they'll go to black and then they'll say like several years later or something and that's where we pick up for where we last ahsoka saw ahsoka in the book of boba fett maybe so i think there's going to be like a time jump here we might see those gaps filled in over the course of the series but we'll see maybe it's the exact opposite where rebels actually showed the ending of the ahsoka series and that's how the series is getting in so i don't know but i think it's more the former of what i said of how that's how the ahsoka show will kick off but um my favorite visual of this trailer and i was so glad to see it just those connection between the, the world between worlds and the visual of seeing like that star map with those designs and mm-hmm. visuals surrounding Ahsoka and that new character, Balin. And uh, it looks fantastic. It was one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like when they announced Ahsoka, they had that teaser poster of just the title Ahsoka, but in the background, we saw those symbols of the world between worlds and just thinking in my head how that can look visually in the series. And that shot on the trailer with her igniting her lightsaber and that visual in the background, it's like, they picked it right out of my brain and put it in the <laughs> show. <laughs> That's like exactly how I was picturing it almost. But it does look different. I mean, they're not in an isolated pitch black open space area that we saw in the Rebels episode. Um, I'm wondering, one thing I'm speculating on, because in some shots you can kind of see where it's like there's some lights there, like almost like some excavation equipment. Mm-hmm. And it's like if they're outside the exterior of the cave on Lothal, like this is the remains of that when it kind of crumbled and i don't know for whatever reason the where the world between worlds was located in that cave it like made its way out of there or they're in like the remnants of that it's just something different obviously about it and i but it does look like it's still on lothal um where that that whole excavation uh, site that we saw during that episode like they're in the remains of that and yet it's still connected to the world between worlds so yeah. So I want to jump in on that just real quick, and then okay. and Paul, I'll let you talk too. But I th- see. I don't think that's in the world between worlds. I think I think it's intentional that it has a lot of similar imagery. But like you pointed out, the excavation equipment and stuff. I think that's maybe some kind of like hollow projected map or something like that. 
And somebody on Twitter pointed out the similarity between that and the star maps that you find in KOTOR that kind of start from these relic, like pyramid looking things and then expand into these big holographic map projections. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that they're necessarily connected or that it's supposed to be the same thing. If they drop that reference and say that it's a Rakatan star map, that would, Ah. you'd have to come resuscitate me. Um, (laughs) But even if it's just something similar, it would make sense that if Thrawn and Ezra disappeared into the unknown regions and then Ahsoka gets some kind of hint as to where they are and maybe they're on some you know, some far off undiscovered planet and she needs to find some kind of ancient star map to find them. It would make sense that that would be the kind of thing that she's looking for in these temples and ruins and stuff. Um, And that maybe it is some sort of ancient Jedi relic or it's tied to the, you know, some mysteries of the force and tied into the world between worlds somehow. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously again, with, with, Dave working on both like I don't think it's an accident that that kind of iconography is there but I don't I didn't get the sense that they were in the world between worlds when we were watching that um but still just a really cool visual and again like Ahsoka and a new dark side force wielding bad guy having a lightsaber duel in you know amongst Jedi ruins with this ancient star map around them that looks like the world between worlds just absolutely perfect like yeah give me that i hope it's in (laughs) i like i want that to be later in the series because i want there to be a lot of good story build up to that point but also i want that in the first episode because i'm impatient and i want to see it like it just (laughs) looks incredible yeah and you you might be right about that as far as maybe not exactly being the world between worlds obviously it's not exactly it's tied it's it's tied into it it, though thank you yeah it's got to be tied into it like i got your back i know what you're saying (laughs) i got your back oh yeah listen uh I'm I'm ex- Ahsoka is, is becoming really really fascinating for me for a number of reasons. Um, I've I've always loved Ahsoka um, since the Clone Wars. Now, not initially, but I like a lot like most of us. But as the series grew, and I, I, I better yet, as I watched the series uh, on Blu-ray as it came out before I jumped to Netflix, y'all don't get on my back. Um, <laughs> I, I really did like the character more and more, and obviously, I love her to death now. Now. What's added another great complication, I'll say, um, is that my daughter has taken a love for Ahsoka. Um, Tales of the Jedi, she loves the baby episode. Like she loves that episode. <laughs> awesome. Watched it a million. Oh, it's great. And not only that, she doesn't love the episode where she gets blasted five million times. Um, <laughs> sure. But she loves the farm. She loves the farm. I want to watch the farm one. She loves the farm episode where like the where the scary inquisitor shows up and he's like raw and she's like she'll say he's a bad guy. It's all <laughs> it's so cute. She loves it. Um, she loves those two episodes. And um, I don't know if I've said this on the show before. We're watching the Mando episode uh with Ahsoka in it, and, and when Grogu and Mando and Ahsoka are all talking, and she she goes, That's Grogu's mommy and daddy. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is just too much. Um I mean, yeah, hey, when I was she, when I was that age, I used to think ATATs were the parents of ATSTs. So I, <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong, right? Um, so she loves Ahsoka. She she named a doll Ahsoka that doesn't look like Ahsoka at all. Or she has like floppy ears. It's like a baby and like a, a Cabbage Patch Kid and like a and like a onesie with floppy ears. And so she's like, oh, it's Ahsoka. 
and so um she hasn't really seen that we haven't seen that doll in a while so i'm sure what's buried under their toys but any at any rate she loves ahsoka and i have like all it sucks because you know we're potentially moving soon and like i packed up all my star wars toys and i have a bunch of extra ahsokas i could give her i just haven't been able to take out um so when when i saw that the trailer dropped i didn't watch it initially and i'm like i gotta watch this with, with lulu because i know she's gonna love it right and um when i got up and i'm not bsing y'all here when i got up with her because I, I usually get in the one that get her gets her up because she gets up you know i get up for my wife um i got up and, I, and I, she got up and she, you know i was like, like lulu there's a new ahsoka trailer and i'm trying to explain it to her she doesn't know what trailer is obviously she's like oh you know she turns three in a couple weeks um and uh i'm like you know so you know, ahsoka trailers comes out it's, it's not like a, a show but it's a few clips of uh of, of of a new show that's coming out and she's like yeah and i'm like yeah we're gonna i, I waited to watch it with you she's like, yeah we we gotta watch it with family i was like oof that's right that's right just like try not to like melt and break down from crying on the moment it's like that's right, Lulu. We're gonna wait for family. <laughs> you know, I'm just like busy, holding it together by a thread. And she and we watched the trailer, and it, it's great, obviously. I loved it. And she's like, I want to watch that. And she's like, I'll watch it again. She's like, I want to watch that right now. And I'm like, no, Lou, it doesn't come out till a while. I was like, oh. She didn't really get it, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. So I'm I'm this could be the first show we actually watch together as a family, like live. Um you know, right now I don't really watch shows with her live because I'm too like, I'm just you know she's not she's not there yet. But yeah. this could be it. This could be it. So, um, yeah, Star, Star Wars. My 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 daughter loves Star Wars legitimately now, and in like, you know, I'm not sure if we're gonna talk about new new Jedi adventures, but she's watched the shorts of those already like 50 times each now, and she loves nubs. <laughs> so like, she, who doesn't she, love like, nubs? word like nubs is adorable and she's like today we're watching tra- the new trailer drop today and, and he did something silly and she's like oh he's so funny <laughs> and i'm like god this is great it's great so anyway it's so ahsoka is really turning into like a really important thing for me i mean i, I think it looks incredible but i'm like my daughter's super into it and she loves ahsoka so i'm like i'm into this so yeah i'm I'm uh I, I I'm with you guys. I think Ahsoka could be an all timer, and I cannot wait. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm trying not to get my expectations up too high of being like, oh, this is gonna be like the best Star Wars yet, or you know anything like that. But like, I mean, I don't know if I'd say it, it would it would that be a hard, high bar for it to be the best Star Wars, but like you know the best of the Disney Star Wars or best of any of the shows or anything like. Um, I'm like, we've only seen one trailer and we've heard some stuff that's promising and it looks promising and everything. But, you know, we'll we'll wait and see when it comes out. Um, but I'm very excited for it. Um, and then again, just I'm, one thing I'm really excited for is um, just seeing like the lightsaber fights and everything. It's been a while since we've had this many like lightsaber wielding characters in a show. Um, well, are you even I don't know. The, have, the... What? Are you going to mention the extended trailer? that was I was just getting to that. I don't know if you guys saw it, but in the extended trailer, there's a clip of Sabine wielding a green lightsaber, which I can only assume is Ezra's. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to go the route of like Sabine, uh, you know, becoming a Jedi or anything like that. But just the fact that, you know, she trained with the Darksaber and she was got pretty proficient in that and, you know, was trained by a Jedi and everything. Um, you know, that she maybe could hold her own with a lightsaber. But it looked like she was fighting uh, Shin, which is like that female dark side character who's played by, uh, I think, Ivana Sokno is the actress that plays her. Um also, there was a pergil at the end of that trailer, too. Yes. Um, and they also, you know, like I said, they showed Thrawn's face. They showed some more stuff with Sabine on Lothal. She was, like, riding a speeder bike down that highway that we saw all those speeder chases on in Rebels. So, like, that was really cool to see. Um, and then she does one thing where she, like, she kind of uh, ducks and dives the speeder under a ship that's, like, blocking the highway. And everybody's saying it looks like an E-Wing, which was a ship from the EU. Um which, to be completely honest, I'm not super familiar with, but I feel like I remember seeing those before. I, mean, I, I don't know if they might have been unlockable in Rogue Squadron or something like that, but I saw some people getting really hyped about that. It was kind of hard to tell because that was one of those things where, you know, you're only able to find it online, like, you know, a, a leaked video that somebody recorded on their phone. But, um, yeah, so we're going to see both Ahsoka and Sabine wielding lightsabers and plenty of lightsaber wielding villains and then of course you we can only assume that we're gonna see ezra at some point um so far just you know, in we, a hollow recording but <laughs> yeah so it, there is a brief glimpse in the trailer of sabine looking at a hologram of him um and it's funny because uh iman esfandi i believe is the name of the actor who has for a while been rumored to be playing ezra and then uh he posted on twitter after this trailer came out and he was like i would like to thank Lucasfilm and Disney and Dave Filoni for giving me the opportunity to play a live action hologram of Ezra Bridger. Like it was such an honor to get to do this. And people were freaking out and being like, wait, are we only going to see him as a hologram? I'm like, no, like they're going to find Ezra. Um, so I'm assuming, you know, we got to see him in action as well when, when he finally comes back into the fold. So, um, but, you know, they talked about the the training process and Rosario Dawson said she trained for like 14 hours a week and, you know, doing all these fight scenes and stunts and really kind of getting the physicality of the character down. And you can see it just from the trailer. I mean, just like the way she moves and even just some of the um, some of the cool stunts and stuff she does. Like there's one part she's on looks like the bridge of a ship or something and she like slices it with her lightsabers and does this acrobatic leap out the window and landing. And um, we see several shots in here of her having lightsaber duels like with the inquisitor with balin but you don't really get a sense of like the choreography and the pace of it and stuff so i'm just hoping we get some really cool like acrobatic fast-paced lightsaber duels maybe not quite like i'm not expecting a rehash of like duel of the fates or battle of the heroes or anything quite on that scale um but i am hoping it's going to be a step up from like the duel that she had with uh the magistrate in in her first episode of mando um and I think they, again, just from everything they've talked about, kind of working on behind the scenes and stuff, I think it is going to be a big step up from that. So I can't wait to see all of this stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you can find a, a leaked version of the trailer online, I know they keep getting taken down, but if you can find that out there, check it out. It's got some really cool stuff in it. But um, yeah, this this well series just looks, again, it's hard not to get too hyped because like we've only seen two minutes of it. It's like, you never know, but everything we've seen and heard about this so far is extremely promising. Yeah. And how about the stuff not shown or seen and not even officially announced yet, but I couldn't help but think being blown away about with this trailer, just thinking everything about it looks awesome. Like, Oh yeah. 
Hayden Christensen's supposed to be in this too as Anakin Skywalker. Yep. It's like, God, because <laughs> this keep getting better and better. It's just so much potential for it to just be. Like you said, this is one of the best things that we've gotten in the Star Wars TV front or in maybe just, in, I'm sure in some moments, maybe just the best thing in the Star Wars in general. I'm sure it's going to have some of those moments for uh, with some of the stuff that we're already kind of knowing the little bits about what the story is going to be about. And the other thing too that was surprising to see in the trailer was that Mon Mothma is going to be in this too, um, as we yeah. see her in her hologram. And just kind of seeing Mon Mothma, which I assume she'll probably still be Chancellor of the New Republic at this point, but just kind of just seeing the exact opposite of how we've seen so much of her in Andor season one, just being so secretive and just being really careful of what she says and who's watching her and all that to now be uh, the ruler of the main government in the galaxy. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see Mon Mothma in that role. If maybe this might be that one shot um, where she's talking to Hera on the ship, but still just to kind of see her as the real leader of the New Republic should be cool too. So yeah, just so much to digest, geek out, or just overall be excited about with this series and what we got in this trailer. It was just the perfect first look um, for the series that we were all so hyped about anyway. And now this trailer is just validating that hype even more so and just how amazing it's going to be. So yeah, so glad it is August. Um, not that far of a late or of a wait. And how fast this year is already going to go by or is going by. August will be here before we know it. And yeah, it's counting down the days already, even though we don't have an exact date. But um, yeah. and you can bet for sure I'll be staying up till midnight every single episode. No question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely staying up till midnight for this week for Mando, too, with the things we've heard about that. Um, I do want to real quick point out something here that um, one thing that is making me just a little bit hesitant with um, not this show in particular, but kind of all the shows and the movies and with them continuing to expand and tell more stories in more different points in the timeline. And you mentioned like Mon Mothma being chancellor in this series, but also she's still going to be in Andor season two. I do wonder, like, I'm excited for all this stuff. And like, we know you know, we know this stuff probably better than we know our own like world history. So we're not going to have any problem keeping this stuff straight and where it all falls in the timeline. But like, I, I start to wonder about like the reception from critics and general audiences and are people going to find that it's going to start being hard to keep track of all this stuff. Um, because I think of conversations that I've had with, you know, people like my boss or my parents or people that, you know, watch these shows, but are kind of more casual fans or not even necessarily like, star wars fans but just kind of casual viewers um you know are they really going to stay invested in this stuff and are they really keeping track of like where everything happens in the timeline and and sort of where everything takes place and it's just like as you start to jump around more are you going to start losing more people um and i know that we're still not quite at the volume of content that the mcu is putting out and i know you know people always make jokes and complain sometimes about marvel and how Oh, there's so much. And every time a new Avengers movie comes out, you have to have watched 37 movies and 18 TV shows to know what the heck is going on. But at least it's all kind of sequential. And, you know, for the most part, the MCU is pretty linear. And so even if you haven't kept up with all the movies, like everything that you have seen is kind of leading up to the new thing that you're watching. Um, and so, again, like it's not a concern for me personally, but I hope they don't start losing people as they start jumping around the timeline more. And like I said, if. I would have thought that it would make more sense to 
kind of just focus on this part of the timeline with the Mando and Ahsoka and Thrawn and heir to the empire and all this stuff. That's kind of filling in the gap between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy and wrap that all up and then go beyond the sequel trilogy and, and do more stuff with Ray and all that. But they're obviously kind of trying to do all of it at once. And so I hope that they're not biting off more than they can chew. And, you know, only time will tell kind of how successful it all is and uh, how positive the, um, the reception to that from the general audiences but i i hope it all works out and i hope they make it as easy as possible for people to follow yeah i know that was brought up in one of the interviews with uh dave and john talking about that how they're trying to make it where new viewers could just go into it and not be lost and just enjoy the story for there but if you're a hardcore fan and watch all those all the other series you're obviously going to get more out of it and appreciate certain things more, but make it to a point where, yeah, if you're a new viewer watching the Ahsoka series for the first time, you should be able to watch it and not feel totally lost. I know they're at least conscious of that and are making an effort to be, have it be accessible to everyone, whether you've seen all the other shows or not. Yeah, no, I, and I, I, the reason I wanted to bring that up there, I wanted to mention that at some point anyway, but like when you mentioned Mon Mothma, I thought about that because I'm like, Oh, I just know that like i mean this show is coming out this year and then and or season two is coming out next year and i already know somebody in my life is gonna be like so how does ahsoka connect to Andor? because mom mothma was in both of those and i'm like yeah but no like they take place 10 years apart and in one mom mothma is still a senator and then in the other one takes place after the war and she's the chancellor and it's you know completely different thing um so yeah i just i hope it doesn't lose people too much and all that but i guess we'll have to refer him to the disney plus timeline order how it has the shows organized <laughs> with the movies. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, but it will be cool. I wonder if they're going to maybe start labeling stuff with the different eras now that we kind of have that official timeline. And, yeah, that's um, true. Uh, you know, like different logos for each one. Which, by the way, I forgot to mention this when we brought up the movie, but how cool was it that the Dawn of the Jedi logo is almost exactly the, um, that I guess they call it the Prime Jedi logo yeah. from Octo in um, The Last Jedi, where luke's uh you know he's in it's one of the places he takes ray you know through that temple and there's like a big symbol on the floor that's like kind of like a yin and yang symbol with a, a jedi meditating in the middle and it's like dark on one side and light on the other side and then you have like the the silhouette that's kind of the reverse colors of the jedi and the um yeah this the official logo for the dawn of the jedi era is very similar looking to that so i thought that was really cool um but yeah maybe they'll do something where you know going forward like new movies or shows that come out they'll have like a uh a, a logo that indicates kind of what time period it takes place in or something like that i know there's supposed to be like a new complete star wars timeline book that's coming out that um kind of explains where all the stuff takes place and how everything's connected how many um, of those books i bought in the past <laughs> yeah and that another I, one i haven't bought a lot of them just because i don't think i've bought one since like the new essential chronology that came out back in like the mid 2000s mm -hmm. um but i might buy this one just to see kind of how they explain especially the timeline of the mandalorian because that was another thing that was interesting there were a couple interviews with john favreau this weekend where he really did seem to kind of double down and confirm this idea that um at least in his mind it's supposed to have been a couple of years in between Mando season two and three. And like that time period that Grogu was gone and training with Luke was supposed to be like a couple of years. Um, but it'll be interesting to see in this book, how they lay that out and sort of what the official canon explanation of everything is. Um, so yeah, I might have to, to check that one out, but again, I'm sure they'll put out, you know, there'll be books, there'll be, 
you know, obviously YouTubers and people making content about it and, you know, explaining this for people, but still, you know, just for the general audience, casual viewers, you know, I hope they make it easy for, uh, you know, for people to kind of follow where everything is taking place. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, and uh, honestly, of all the projects that they talked about this weekend, I mean, it's hard not to say that that's the one I'm most excited for just because it's the only one that we got like a full trailer for and that is coming out, you know, the soonest aside from, uh, visions and young Jedi adventures, which are coming out May 4th. Um, and we'll talk about that stuff a little bit later too. That vision season two trailer also looks fantastic, but I'm, I'm really hyped for Ahsoka and with that right around the corner, I'm kind of putting all my hype energy into that right after Mando. Um, although we also have um, Jedi Survivor coming out before then too. So it's just, oh man, like we said, the, the, the future is bright indeed and it is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah, say those back to back all the time because it's true. Yeah. Um, but anyway, aside from the Ahsoka series, they also talked about a lot more of the upcoming series um, at the uh, the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. I guess they didn't announce any new shows, which is fine because there's already plenty in production that we know are happening. Um, but they did talk about Skeleton Crew, The Acolyte, and Andor Season 2. And they showed teaser trailers for each of those uh, which also were not released to the public. I've seen leaked versions of all of those on Twitter, but unfortunately for those three shows in particular, all the leaked trailers I saw were like only the first like 50 seconds. And I don't know how long all those trailers were, probably like a minute and a half or so each. Um, you know, maybe two minutes, I don't know. But um, everything that I've heard about those, I mean, they all seem really cool, but like, I feel like I heard about specific moments or shots in each one that people were really excited about that like weren't included in any of the versions I got to see. So um, yeah, kind of bummed that we missed out on those, but I mean, they all sound really cool. Um, skeleton crew looks really fun. Um, and that, you know, I keep the, the, the stuff that you keep hearing about that is that it's like an Amblin inspired adventure from the eighties. You know, a lot of people said it had a similar vibe to the Goonies. Um, with a group of kids, you know, going off on an adventure and kind of getting into trouble. Um, but I mean, from the footage I saw, I mean, it looks like there's just some really cool looking and beautiful looking shots in that trailer. It looks like a fun adventure series. Uh, we know that Jude Law is going to be with these kids and he's going to be a Jedi. Um, and uh, also one interesting thing that we saw in there was uh, the pirate Vane um, that we just saw disappear in the, um, the, the second to last episode of Mando where he goes off at the end and we were expecting to see him connect with the Empire or something like that, um, which we might still see over the next couple episodes of Mando, but he's going to be uh, back as a, a main bad guy, it looks like, in Skeleton Crew, and they're going to be dealing with some pirates and stuff. So, See, that makes um, me kind of wish and hope that Garian Shard survived that crash. He survived. Because you don't see a body, skate yeah, pod. It's, it's, it happens. I hope. I so, mean, he seems like the perfect villain for this type of series to go against. Like, yes, this group of kids, and we keep talking about how he, how he has like that ease, like villain type feel that you see in type of those movies. And it would be a great introduction for him that we saw in the Mandalorian. But he becomes the real like main threat for these kids in whatever journey they go on here. And as you said, they showed Bane there. So if we get Gary and Shard back, I really hope so because I think he would be perfect. And I just want to see more of his great design again. So let's hope I they use won't. Him. Yeah, I won't disagree with you there. Um, but I mean, my money would be on him being dead. 
Like we definitely saw, you know, we saw Vane make a point to be like, hey, I'm out of here. Like, you know, the last surviving pirate fighter ship. And he's like, bye, Captain, I'm saving myself. And it was definitely, a, you know, Vane will return type of moment. Um, whereas we saw Gorian Shard screaming and going down in a fiery crash, even though we didn't see a body. So I would love to see him back. And I mean, you certainly could say like, oh yeah, he got out in an escape pod or whatever, but, um, I think he's dead, but if they bring him back in skeleton crew, I would not complain. But also I think Vane is a fun character in his own right. And if he sure. kind of gets ambitious and wants to take on his own pirate crew or something like that, I think that would be really fun too. Well, it, it, here's the thing with skeleton crew i've been kind of weird about it i'll i won't lie when i found out jude was a jedi i was disappointed um th there's just so many jedi that are survived that are still hanging out there that i'm like it's just too much and and and, and i don't i don't want to really quick i i don't want to yeah, say no, i i don't want to say that like i'm like pfft, We'll forget this because I because actually the, the leaked trailer made me go okay especially hello uh Max Rebo aliens part right. of the crew oh, yeah. hell effing <laughs> yeah are you yeah. kidding me like sign me up for that every day of the week like yeah. the fact they yeah. had it's a it's a crew of it's a it's a crew of like four kids that are the main characters but one of them they showed some behind the scenes pictures and stuff of like one of the kids wearing like a mocap suit and like a face rig but like interacting on set with, you know, the other characters and stuff. And then, yeah, you see in the trailer that one of them is a, uh, is, what is it? Ortolan um, is the, the Max Rebo species. So that's really cool. And that'll be fun. And, and listen, like the thing is that if you've ever seen, I don't want to get too political here or not political, but get controversial, I should say. If you've ever seen, uh, you know, Captain EO, you know, that Max Rebo character that looks exactly <laughs> like Max Rebo. If that character is awesome. And it's it, Captain EO is basically just Star Wars. Um, you know, uh, I'm just going to say that, like, it makes sense that they put Captain this character in, in this because I think it, it only fits perfectly. Um, yeah, will be I, EO. yeah. Oh, God, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> one, one interesting thing too to think about I, before I go any further, apparently people are saying there's a teak alien in the mood in this trailer. Oh, really? Somewhere. Oh, apparently oh, like there's that would be cool if there is i will my balls will be blown off that's all i gotta say <laughs> right now i'm just gonna say it right now y'all i hate to be gross but i'm just gonna say it um no i listen the trailer actually made me go the leech trailer that i saw uh made me go you know what i'm actually into this and it's not because and i and i think Law being a jedi is my least favorite thing so i'm and listen i i think um if you guys have seen cop car um Oh my god, yeah. uh, John Watts movie is so good. It's so good. And and the Spider-Man movies 2 out of 3 are really, are great. You know, and you know, you know Far From Home is not my favorite. No Way Home is like I he did he did the Lord's work in that movie. He made him that movie make sense. Oh no, seriously though. Like he Oh yeah, it was the impossible with that. He he did the I mean the writers did it obviously the the heaviest lifting, but the pacing, the the performances they all in I think Homecoming is a great Spider-Man story. So John Watts is gonna nail this mother effort out of the park, in my opinion. Um, I, I there's a trailer maybe convinced of that. Um, but I just don't like Jude Law being a Jedi. I, I wish it was different, but hopefully Gorian Shard is in this in this. I but Vane is cool too. Um, yeah, I'm actually stoked for Skeleton Crew. So yeah, give it. I'm I'm ready. 
Yeah. Now, to your point about Jude Law being a Jedi, I was a little skeptical when I heard that at first, too, or at least I was surprised. That's not what I was expecting. Um, but if he's a Jedi who survived the purge, I'll be disappointed. If he's a Jedi that Luke is training, I'll be very excited. And again, we don't know where all this is falling timeline wise. If they do say that, you know, Luke was training Grogu for a couple of years and maybe he started picking up a, a couple other students during that time period that we just haven't seen yet. And, uh, you know, then maybe I know Skeleton Crew is supposed to take place within the same time as all this other stuff, but maybe that's another couple years forward. Um, if he's a character sort of like Kyle Katarn, where he was an adult who was force sensitive and just, you know, never was part of the Jedi order as a kid. And Luke meets him as an adult and trains him as a Jedi. Perfect. I'm on board with it. I love it. It connects it to the rest of the stories. Maybe we get another Luke scene in there. Um, and keep fleshing out, you know, kind of more of what Luke and the Jedi order are doing during this time period. Aces love it. But if he is just another Jedi in hiding who survived the purge and is now coming back and, you know, um, trying to help people or whatever, that I think would be a little redundant. And I mean, look, there's 10,000, there, there were 10,000 Jedi at the time of the prequels. And so, you know, it would make sense that more than just a few um, survived. But at the same time, when we keep getting stories about them, when you've got Ahsoka and you've got Jedi Fallen Order and, you know, all this stuff, it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, we could lay off the, the Order 66 surviving Jedi for just a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I hope they do something new with his character and it's not just kind of that same old thing. But if he's part of Luke's new Jedi Order, I would love that. Or maybe he's someone who says he's a Jedi, but he's not. And just kind of playing the kids along for her, like making them so that they could feel safe or trust them sort of thing and he says he's a jedi unless they showed some footage in the trailer where he actually uses the force i don't know but i think he did i okay. i remember hearing that like it wasn't in the version that i saw but um yeah I, I think i heard that like the last shot of the trailer was like him just pulling like it, it was just like a close-up of his hand like pulling an object to him with the force and then the kids uh, going like whoa you're a jedi Gotcha. You know, oh, there goes I, that. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go ahead and bet that he's not a Jedi of, of Luke and he's probably of the Purge, but that's fine. Hey, listen, Jude Law is a great actor. I think the story is still, still going to be interesting as long as it's not like, you know, I would love to be, I would love for him to be a poor man's Jedi. I always looked at Kanan as a poor man's Jedi watching Rebels. Like he was, he was powerful because he's a Jedi, but he wasn't like this, you know, freaking whatever. He was just kind of an average Jedi. You know, as the mm. way I looked at it. Um, and again, not that's not a detriment, it's just reality, right? There's gonna be average just it's like there's average basketball players and football players and baseball players that are still in the league. This it, is kind of if he's long as he's not like some ultra powerful guy, he's just kind of a, a whatever, and he, you know, and and also too, I really hope they go back to they go to the whole atrophy thing where it's like if you don't use your the Jedi, if you don't use your your powers for a while, you're not doing stuff from the reg, you're gonna like you know, lose a little bit of it. So That'd be nice. So I hope he's not like all powerful. He's a little more powerful, but he's not like just some like, you know, gets a lightsaber out. I would love for him to be like, I don't have a lightsaber anymore. I had to ditch it, you know, yeah. whatever. Like, or so. he, he could be someone like now that the empire has fallen, his journey is to try to find Luke. Maybe he's heard of Luke, obviously being the hero of the rebellion. Oh, ooh, ooh, I like hmm. that. Oh, I like that. See, that's, I like that. I like where you're going with this. <laughs> and him and the kids are going to like, 
they share. I because we, we still don't know how like he's gonna get involved with those kids. There's a reason they go on. But but the kids run away though. That's that's the, the key that we that the mm-hmm. trailer that, that what that leads we saw is that the kids. Run I gotta away watch that kids. again. I only saw it once, but it yeah. was. Like, I, I watched was, them all again before we recorded. But yeah, it's parent, like you have these kids that you know they're you see them all with their parents and they're talking about just kind of regular stuff like oh them studying and stuff and then their parents are all like oh where'd they go and you know looking like these kids disappeared and then it seems like they all yes i will say oh i will say i think it's it did look seem a little strange seeing like a suburban neighborhood in star wars (laughs) like just like a general like typical block on a with a bunch of houses on there (laughs) hey you know what it works it happens right yeah it's like that stuff has to be out there in the galaxy we just never see too much of it you know what and andor and i think andor to the to its credit and i i love andor and but I've also been critic. I also criticize a little bit being a hard sci-fi. It's done some really real-world heavy lifting for Star Wars, and mm-hmm. and kind of really helped bridge that gap of like there's office jobs, there's these normal part. And, and, and granted, Clone Wars did all of that before Andor, right? It it you know people like to gloss over that. Like Clone Wars did a lot of that kind of stuff for and made modern world stuff kind of reality and on Coruscant, but. Andor really brought that, I think, to the general audience of like, yeah, there's suburbans or cities. There's like, you know what I mean? Like, there's that normal, everyday, mm-hmm. mundane crap. That's a part of our, the Star Wars world, too. It's not just all fantasy. So, which is, again, I think a good thing. So that was, I think that's, I think that honestly, Andor will help bridge that gap for things like Skeleton Crew. Yeah, possibly. Um, but yeah, it looks fun. I mean, you know, I... I'm excited for this one. I came away from, you know, especially from that trailer going like, man, this looks, you know, really good. I'm excited for it. Um, I would say at this point, it might be my least anticipated one out of all the ones that they've showed just because of, you know, all the hype around Ahsoka and the movies and all this other stuff. Um, But I mean, there's not one of these in the, in the bunch that I'm not excited for. So um, this is just not one that I'm like, super hyped like on the edge of my seat for but you know it looks like a lot of fun it looks like a fun ride probably is going to be a good like family adventure type series a good one to watch with kids um or a good one to to kind of get in the um you know like the middle school age crowd i know when this was first kind of being rumored as uh like a new series that might be in development or something um people also compared it a lot to like or saying that this was kind of star wars's answer to stranger things and looking for something to kind of um target that demographic so um yeah i think it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it um and they i don't think they gave a release window for that one because they did say we know that obviously ahsoka is coming out this year in august and then they talked about the acolyte and um and or season two as both coming out in 2024 um we had heard before that skeleton crew was targeted for 2023 so we'll see if that still happens by the end of the year or if anything i think might get pushed to early next year um but at least from what i remember hearing i don't i don't remember um them confirming like a release month or anything for it um but hopefully that still happens by the end of this year like if that came out in december or something after we get ahsoka in august that would be be a pretty good lineup for this year um but also the acolyte they talked about that as well they had you know leslie headland come out and she talked about it they had some of the crew there um or some of the the cast you know we've got um amanda stenberg who we know is playing one of the main characters and she showed up in full padme cosplay like you know totally into it um 
We also found out that uh, we had seen this in the the leaked pictures, but there's a Wookiee Jedi in the show who we found out is played by Eunice Suotomo, who played uh, Chewie in the sequel trilogy. Um, and he's uh, unfortunately not Buriaga, which we thought might be the case since um, this is taking place in the High Republic yeah. time period. But he's a new Wookiee Jedi named Kelnaka. Um, and also, I believe it's uh, Rebecca Henderson is one of the cast members in the show. And she's playing an adult version of uh, Vernestra Rowe from the High Republic books. Um, that was something they announced at the uh, the High Republic panel later in the weekend. Um, so that's pretty cool to see as well. From the from what I saw on Twitter of like the shot that they showed, I didn't really see a huge resemblance. Um, especially, I think in the show she's bald, and as you know, in the the novels, Vernestra's got you know she's like a, a Miri Allen um, species, like Barris and Luminara, and she's got like purple hair. Um, so I don't know, but it's cool that they're making those connections and bringing in some of those characters from the books and stuff. So it's cool for uh, the High Republic fans. Um, but this one, I I know is going to be one to watch out for because I mean, again, I've only seen like the first half of the trailer and it looks really cool. It's cool to be back in an era where there's just a lot of Jedi, you know, getting to see this High Republic era on screen and live action for the first time. Um you're seeing, you know, stuff like students at the Jedi Temple and, you know, just seeing Jedi traveling to different planets and stuff. Um, and then the the first half of it that I saw ends with this scene with um, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix, who looks like she's also playing a Jedi and has this sequence where she's in like a restaurant or something and somebody comes up to her and, you know, it's like this assailant that starts attacking her. And they go full on like Kung Fu movie where she doesn't even you know, get out a lightsaber and fight this person, but she's just like fist fighting and using the force and, you know, knocking them back and doing all these like Kung Fu movie type moves. And just the choreography of it looks phenomenal. The visuals look incredible. Um, but some of the stuff that I heard described from people who were there, just seeing lots of Jedi, lots of lightsaber action, lots of big battles and saying that it just looks absolutely incredible. And that was probably one the the one sentiment that i maybe heard the loudest over the whole weekend was the people were like the acolyte is the thing i'm most hyped for the acolyte is the the thing that i saw that was the most impressive um people even i think uh rich brockwell who's one of our listeners and you know that we interact with on twitter and stuff said that like going into this uh the acolyte was the star wars thing that he was least excited for and coming out of it after seeing the trailer he said like it's his now his most anticipated thing and i don't think he was the only person i heard say that so it's kind of hard to uh to exactly know what to expect when we you know didn't get to see all that footage and stuff but just from the stuff that they talked about and then the stuff that you know i'm hearing from the reactions of people who got to see that um, it sounds like this is going to be something really cool and really special. And I can't wait till we get to see more of that footage for ourselves. And also just, you know, hearing more from the, the cast and crew and Leslie Headland and stuff. And she's also one of those people who seems like a real legit, genuine, like diehard star Wars fan. And she talked about how much she loves the prequels and the clone wars and stuff like that. And so she seems to really know her stuff. It seems like it's a, uh, like she's a, a good person to have on board for this. So, um, I'm excited to see more. I'm assuming it won't be, it'll probably be a while before we get any of this stuff officially released. Um, Cause even with May the 4th coming up, I wonder if maybe we'll get uh, like, maybe that day they'll release a new Ahsoka trailer. Maybe we'll get to see the skeleton crew trailer. Um, but just because the accolade isn't coming till next year, I wouldn't assume that we'll get to see that until maybe like 
if we're lucky, maybe Disney Plus Day, if they still do that again in the fall this year. Um, but whenever it is, I'm excited for when we get our first official look at it. And I'm excited for when we get to finally watch this series because it sounds really cool. I'm uh, the accolade is so weird because I'm excited about it because it might be probably the most interesting thing in the high Republic will do <laughs> maybe ever. I don't know. I, I, I'm so disappointed in the high Republic. Um, there's some like, high points here or there, but it's just been a kind of a mess in my opinion. And I'm really intrigued to where this could go because it's supposed to be from the villain's point of view. Right. So it's not really yeah, from yeah. the hero's point of view, which, which is really interesting. I, I love where Headland's kind of going with this. It's really interesting and unique. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see where this is going to go. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited because it's it's gonna it's just gonna be something different, and I'm but I'm really hoping it lands. If the, the little bit we've seen looks interesting, so yeah, I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm I'm a little more, I'm a little more hesitant as my excitement. I'm probably looking forward more to this than I am Skeleton Crew, just because it's about Jedi and and I like the premise and everything. But at the same time, I gotta tell you, I'm a little apprehensive about the execution of this because i don't know i just I, i'm curious so I, I until we see an actual trailer with my own eyes that actually is like done and it's giving me more plot synopsis and i could see more of like the visuals clearly um <laughs> I, I want i, I want to see what I, I need to kind of be kind of not wild but I, I need to see more before i get excited but i'm i'm looking forward to it but it sucks that it is so long, you know, so far away, but I think Ahsoka's going to whet my appetite pretty well, to be honest. So, and that's looking like all the lightsabers that I might need potentially in that. So we'll see. But I, I, the one thing I'm going to say about Headline is that her premise is interesting. That's got me more excited than anything. And that was seeing Jedi on screen on a regular basis will be awesome again. Um, those two things make me excited. Everything else, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it was like pretty much everyone's excitement that I was seeing for it on Friday was getting me excited without having <laughs> seen any footage from it. Yeah, just how it kind of pretty much blew everyone away and surprisingly too. Um, so once that 50 second <laughs> leaked trailer did come out um, and got to see it, even though obviously it's not ideal, it's not showing what it really looks like, I still got a good vibe from it. And I could see, oh, I could see why everyone's kind of who was there is freaking out about it because just even from those blurry images and video it, there's some cool stuff being and being shown in there you mentioned that cool fight scene with carrie on moss and i believe it was against um the main character the acolyte in there but also just a simple moment of uh lee john jay's character as a jedi talking to the younglings there and just um not the exact words, but pretty much saying what Obi-Wan said to Luke as far as your eyes can, you, can deceive you, don't trust them. Uh, paraphrasing that type of wisdom that he's passing on to the Jedi uh, younglings there. So all that stuff looked really, really cool. So it's, I caught, I obviously I can't say or share that same excitement for everyone who was there who saw the full uh, teaser, again, which everyone's just raving about. So, but I am really, really anxious to see that because um, I want to be blown away too <laughs> by more great Star Wars content. Um, but yeah, it was cool for everyone got to experience that and just walk away just totally blown away. Just makes me more excited for the series because you guys mentioned the premise of it is re really unique and just very interesting and something to be excited for since it is showing or being viewed from 
uh, the perspective of the dark side users. And during this period too, as it is, I, I always liked how in the beginning, the story was being described by Leslie Headland saying, bridging that gap between the end of the High Republic into the Republic we see in uh, the prequels and the beginning of the Phantom Menace and just how she always, she finds it interesting how the Jedi made that transition to how we they were at their height as the High Republic has been advertising them as, and then kind of totally going to 180 as we see them um, in the prequel and leads to their the prequels and leads to their downfall. So all that stuff just sounds great. And as you mentioned, Kyle, uh, Leslie Headland is becoming one of those Star Wars creators that I just love hearing talk about Star Wars. She does seem to get it um, really, really well. She, I think it was at the Celebration live stage where she was being interviewed. And she said something great that I just really was kind of cool to hear where she was just talking about the state of Star Wars and almost to a degree the fandom where she just goes, we're just so spoiled right now with all the stuff we're getting with the TV shows and upcoming movies and just making the point where it's like, yeah, you don't have to like everything, but with all the Star Wars stuff that we're getting, and it's just always remember like the most important thing is just what Star Wars means to you as you're watching these series and like not, it's not to focus on like the stuff uh, that you don't like, even though there's are going to be stuff you don't like, of course, with all this great stuff, but just kind of drawing what Star what matters most is what Star Wars means to you. And this, this is kind of refreshing to hear that. So um, with her behind it and then what the blurry stuff that we saw of it, but major only because or mainly the excitement that I kept seeing all weekend for it, uh, for those who got to see it is what really has me hype about it, too. So there's just a lot of great stuff that is making the Acolyte uh, become one of those more the more anticipated Star Wars series coming up next year. So I just can't wait to see footage. And I don't know if it's going to be that exact trailer we get when they do release one, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of scenes from it, but I just can't wait to get our real first look at it and just hopefully to be blown away. Like everyone was at celebration during this panel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. I, I got to roll here, but um, really quick, I was kind of a couple things I want to touch in before I, I also, before I go, so I'll throw a grenade and leave here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, really quick, um, Tales of Jedi season two, I guess give it to me, uh, give me longer episodes. I know me and you disagree on that, Kyle. Um, either way, I'm I just keep giving these to me. I, I would love to see a full time series of, 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 you know, full order of Tales, Tales of the Jedi cartoons. My, my daughter loves them, even you know, she, she loved she watched the Yaddle one. And she goes, guess Grogu's mommy. <laughs> she already called, yeah, she already called, uh, uh, you know, Grogu's, you know, Zogo's mommy, whatever. Um, but um, she did like the Yaddle episode, you know, it got dark. And my wife's like, we should be watching this. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyway, I told her to stop Star Wars. Um, but yeah, Tales of Jedi, I, I wasn't surprised, but I'm, I, but I was, I was a little scared that we would not, we not, we not get any more, but I just want Tales of Jedi, anything like move, like, tv series comic books movies it's it's such a unique title brand you could do but anyway um i haven't seen the, the visions trailer yet but you know what i may not watch it because i'm just excited just to watch them myself um in a little bit here um also i'm really excited about uh bad batch season three uh not shocked it's, it's the final season i think it's it makes sense to be the final season i don't think we need a, a longer longer than that i think it's perfect I think I, I can't wait for it. Season two was phenomenal. Um, the last thing I want to say that we, we you know, I, I, don't, I didn't even bother watching the Jedi trailer. I don't, I just, I'm going to play the game in a few weeks. Who cares? Um, the, the thing I would say about 
I thought it was very interesting that you kind of, I think you mentioned Kyle to me is that Catholic Kenny was like, Oh, the Kevin Feige thing was just a, it's just a, a fan announcement. And there was nothing really made of that. And then like, I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't the writer right before multiverse of madness basically say he's working on the script right then. Mm-hmm. And the, like, and then also the fact that like, like he's not just going to be working on that for the hell of it and never and Catholic Kennedy's ever going to know about it. Cause wouldn't she have just said that? And the, to me, I, I've, I've been, I, I, I'm not a basher of Catholic Kennedy, but she needs to go. I'm sorry. Like all this stuff with man gold and with holding with Feige and Taika, it's, it's Ryan Johnson. I'm just like, you know, just get out of here. It's time. You, I'm sorry. I just, I just, that just to me felt very dishonest and very much like there's a lot of shade thrown there, in my opinion. And I just think that she just, it's, it's time to get move on to someone else. And I'm not sure what it needs to be, to be honest. I don't, I don't, and I, I don't think, I think with Iger coming back in, I think one of his probably man, not mandates, but one of the things he probably wants to do is get a, you know, a replacement for Kathleen before he like, not like she needs to like to fire her, but like, let's get her successor lined up before because Star Wars needs some work. Cause let's be real. She's had some hits. She's had a lot of misses and I think she's had more hits than misses. That being said that like her track record recently has not been great besides Mandalorian. And let's be real. Mando is pretty much Filoni and, and, and Dave or Dave and uh, John. So I don't know. I just I I, I thought that her her comment was very dishonest and kind of she kind of kind of brutal, and uh, I kind of I'm ready for her to go. But but that being said, uh, I'm more excited about Star Wars than ever, so I'm ready. So guys, I gotta leave, and uh, in the meantime, Godspeed Rebels. Goodbye. All right, we'll see you later, Paul. And uh, yeah, obviously, Tim and I will go back and talk about all that stuff in a little bit more detail. I wanted to, I sent Paul the outline of stuff that we were still going to talk about just to let him kind of give his quick thoughts on things before he took off. But, um, you know, we were talking about the the stuff from the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. And the last thing I wanted to wrap up with was uh, the thing that they showed for season two of Andor, um, which that's another one where. Uh, saw the leaked trailer, wasn't the full thing. The stuff that we saw looked kind of, um, I mean, it looked great, but like not really any big surprises in there. It was all just kind of shots of characters and uh, kind of looked very similar to what we got from Andor season one, but like it looked great. Just kind of more of the same, more more good stuff. I thought Andor season one was fantastic. Um, I think they said that, you know, they're still in production on it right now. Like they started filming a few months ago and they've got a few months of filming left. And uh, Tony Gilroy said that, um, you know, it's not done yet. So they don't know exactly when it'll be out, but they're shooting for like August of 2024 um, to try to have it released, which would be like exactly two years after the first season came out. So I'm fine with that. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, it was just cool to see like Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna and everybody there talking about it. They also had a panel that was uh, like a behind the scenes of Andor season one and just talking about the production of it and kind of a look back. Um, And they had they also had like Andy Serkis and some of the other cast members there. And so it was cool to hear from them over the course of the weekend. Um, But one of my favorite things was there was a whole big group of cosplayers. You know how they always do a celebration like the running of the Wilrow Hoods, which is the the guy in the orange jumpsuit from Empire Strikes Back who's like running through Cloud City with the ice cream machine that then, you know, now has become like the Beskar Camtono in Mando and stuff. And it was just this random 
you know, deep cut Easter egg that the fans took it and literally ran with it through celebration. And they would do the running of the Willow hoods every year. Well, now I don't know if they still did that this year. I'm sure some people did, but there's a whole new group of cosplayers that did the running of the Narkina five prisoners. And they're all dressed up in the, the prison jumpsuits and went running through the convention yelling one way out. Um, and they all showed up to the Andor panel and got to be up on stage and, you know, take pictures with Diego Luna and stuff. So that was super cool just to see the, um, you know, the fan love and appreciation for Andor um, and getting to see, uh, you know, get to see Diego Luna and Andy Circus and all those guys there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool to hear them talk about season two. Uh, I'm super excited for it. They talked more about, I mean, we'd kind of heard this before, but uh, season two is going to cover the rest of the time gap all the way up to Rogue One. It's going to be kind of broken up into chunks of three episodes where each block of three episodes is going to cover a year of time. Um, and, uh, you know, just see Cassian becoming more of like an integrated member of the rebellion. I think they talked about, they're like, you know, he's, he's in it now. Like it's not, it's not going to be like season one where he's kind of back and forth and on the fence and out for himself. It's like season two is going to be, you know, rebel alliance cassian andor so um yeah it's you know it's looking great like i said not a whole lot to go off of in that trailer at least from what we saw but i'm sure it's going to be fantastic and i'm you know excited to see more of that show as well yeah so honestly this is the one that kind of got my least amount of attention on <laughs> during that day i did see a little bit of that leaked footage for the second season trailer and to be honest nothing really stood out to me as far as like oh wow it just looked just uh, it should be I guess continuation of season one and just seeing the characters again. So um, I have no doubt that it's going to continue on the great stuff that uh, season one did and just moving casting story forward as you mentioned leading up to that point in Rogue One over the course of this time period. So I'm obviously still excited for it, but it was one of those things where I didn't really uh, I didn't see the trailer the leaked trailer footage more than once and didn't. Uh, really dive into that portion of the panel as far as hearing the quotes and the interviews with some of the actors, not because of a lack of interest, just mainly because of a lack of time. And some of the other stuff was just so exciting uh, that that's where my attention was focusing on. But obviously, uh, looking forward to Andor season two once it begins in 2024. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, real quick, before we move on to... Um, talking about some of the other like animated projects and stuff. I did want to quickly bring up some of the live action projects. And I mentioned a couple of them already that we had heard announced or heard talked about in the past that were not brought up at this panel, but that they did talk about throughout the weekend during different behind the scenes interviews and stuff like that. Um, and so Kathleen Kennedy did mention that the Taika Waititi film and the Lando series are both still on the table. They're both still kind of in the works. They're just not in active development right now. Like they're obviously not in production. They're not shooting anything. They don't have like really a timetable for them. Um, but it sounds like those are still on the table in terms of like things that they would like to happen, things that have a good chance of happening. Um, she also talked about uh, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, which is a thing that, you know, always keeps coming up. And she gave the same answer that she's, you know, given the past couple of times she's talked about it, where she said that she and Ryan still talk about it all the time. They still want to make it happen. He's really busy right now making another Knives Out movie. And uh, he's also got, you know, his um, 
Poker Face uh, is a new TV series that he's created that's out on Peacock. And so he's just busy with a lot of other stuff. And she keeps saying, you know, kind of balls in his court. Like when he's got time for it, we still want to have him come back and do more Star Wars. So we'll see if that happens. I know a lot of people are skeptical. I know a lot of people don't want to see him come back to Star Wars. I still think given a, a clean slate and a, a clean story to, you know, be able to tell his own story from the ground up without sort of expectations of other people's characters and stuff. I think he could do some really cool stuff with it, but at the very least, if we ever do see that happen, it's going to be far in the future. So we'll see if that ever happens. Um, and then like Paul mentioned, uh, the, the real interesting thing was the thing about the Kevin Feige film, um, which recently, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that was officially announced. I'd have to go back and check, but we're like, was that announced on starwars.com? It was announced um, on StarWars.com for sure. And yeah, that's that why I find her comments about that so <laughs> puzzling why she says that. Because unless she yeah. thinks StarWars.com counts as a fan site, because <laughs> that's where it originated from. Yeah, so it was announced on StarWars.com. And then recently in one of those articles from like Variety or something where they were talking about kind of like updates on Star Wars movies, they said that that one had been canceled. Um, and then they asked Kathleen Kennedy about it at celebration. And she said, I, I'd have to go back and look up the exact quote, but she said, like, she started to say the media and then she said, or rather the fandom, um, kind of made that up or ran with that story or expected it to be something or whatever, but like basically tried to say that that was never actually a thing that like, maybe she and Kevin had talked about doing it or that he's a fan of star Wars or something, but that there was never a movie in active development. And just, I mean, the fact that she would say that and the way it was worded was kind of weird to me and just makes me wonder like what the actual story on that was. I mean, like I said, I clearly remember, uh, you know, them interviewing Michael Waldron, who's uh, the writer on Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and him doing press around the time that movie came out and saying that he was starting to write the star Wars movie for Kevin Feige. Um, and you know, it was, it was announced that that was happening. And so for Kathleen Kennedy to say, no, it was never even a thing. I wonder if like, I mean, clearly there's no way that they were making that movie without her knowledge, obviously. Um, but I wonder if, she, you know, it would make sense to me that she's trying to just kind of sweep it under the rug that like on a weekend that they're announcing three new Star Wars films and trying to get people excited for those and optimistic that those will happen, that she doesn't want to address movies that got canceled. And so she's trying, she would rather say, oh, it was never a thing than say, oh yeah, we announced that and then canceled it or it fell apart or whatever. Now I will say I mean, it makes sense because like Kevin Feige doing a Star Wars movie never made sense, right? Like it was, we were all excited for it. We were like, hey, if he's got the time, like I would love to see that. But there was always this question of like, he's doing, he's involved in so much stuff in the MCU. How is he going to have time um, to make that happen? And so I'm not surprised in the least that that movie is not happening. And if it was never a thing in the first place, I'm like, well, you know, that makes sense because we're... I, I don't really know why they announced in the first place that he was making a movie, but just the fact that Kathleen Kennedy is trying to spin it like that story was made up um, and that it didn't come directly from Lucasfilm and StarWars.com and that other people didn't acknowledge working on the movie is definitely weird. Um, 
And I'm not going to go as far as Paul and say that, you know, this is reason why she should be fired on the spot or anything like that. But it definitely kind of brings some things into question. And I mean, for me, it's almost like I don't even know if this is something that I would blame on her right off the bat, because I just want to know what the, what the real story to this is. Like, what was mm -hmm. Kevin's level of involvement? What was the scope of this project um, with her saying like, oh, it was never in development. It's like, was was it an idea? Did you you know, maybe they did say, hey, we would love to do a Star Wars movie with Kevin Feige. And then he was just too busy with Marvel that it never actually became a project that got greenlit. Um you know, that it really did just never actually become anything, even though that they had announced that it was something that was going to happen. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm very curious to know what sort of the truth behind all that is, but I doubt it's something that's ever going to be released publicly. It's just one of those weird kind of behind the scenes things. And like I said, it it the thing that makes the most sense is that he's not doing a Star Wars movie because he's so busy with Marvel, but this whole sort of story around it all is just kind of bizarre. So that was just weird. Yeah. Hopefully this is the last she has to talk about it because I'm sure she's sick of answering it. And I'm, we, the fans are kind of, I'm sure sick of just hearing the responses that are given. At least I know I am just like this. Like I said, I find it puzzling the responses, specifically the Kevin Feige situation when it was something that was announced on StarWars.com. So this whole thing is weird <laughs> as far as uh, the reasoning behind that he's not doing it, which I agree with you. It makes sense that he's not. It was always something we wondered uh, when it would happen. It'd probably be far off, but probably not going to happen. So, yeah. And pretty much all those ones that are in limbo right now, I'm kind of leaning towards they're not going to see the light of day. Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I mean, even before this, I've come to the conclusion that that's not happening. And then Taika's, uh, they're probably going to hang on to it as long as they could. But with these next three movies that are gaining the excitement that they have already. And I just don't see Taika's happening down the line either. Something's, I think that's going to be the next casualty as far as a creator's Star Wars project um, being shelved or being canceled. So um, I, I understand why those questions uh, have to be addressed here, especially when Taika's film was one of the ones we were expecting to be announced as a new Star Wars movie at this panel. And the fact that it wasn't um, just makes me think that it's probably only going to be a matter of time now before it's one that gets shelved. So, um, yeah, right now, I'm not really even thinking much about those projects. It's all going to be on the ones they announced at Celebration, Dawn of the Jedi. New Jet, the New Republic, and the New Jedi Order. That's where my all my attention is going right now for new Star Wars movies. And if any of those happens down the line after these movies, then great. But I'm not really putting any stock or that much focus on those ones right now, anyway. Yeah, same here. Especially if they are um, sticking to their schedule of like a Star Wars movie every two years, then it would be you know six plus years before we see any of these come to fruition if they even do happen um that's why like her her comments on the taika thing were kind of weird where she's like oh yeah he's kind of doing his own thing on his own time and like you know we, we would love to still make that happen like when he's ready to do it and so kind of just making it sound like oh it's an open door like come back with your script and we'll start working on your movie and it's like would you like slot that in between two of the other movies that are coming out or are they going to you know push that back so and it could be something yeah, where yeah you gave him his space let him do what he wants it gives you the scripts and then you look at it like uh, yeah we're not making this type of yeah scenario. that's 
that's very possible too so um yeah because you know with the the continuity and the story group and everything they're not gonna just you know, as much as they sometimes like to to have talented filmmakers that they want to make a Star Wars movie, and it's like, hey, we want to see your vision and your interpretation of this. It's like, at the same time, you can't just let them do whatever they want. Like, it's Lucasfilm and Disney. Like, they're going to have some kind of oversight on this. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any of that does, any of that stuff does play out. I'm not necessarily holding my breath for it right now. Like you said, I'm for right now, I'm focusing on my, all my attention just on the stuff that has been announced. That's going to be coming out over the next few years. Um, and now like I said, they didn't know what they're going to be about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got three movies to look forward to over the next probably six years or so. Um, and then, like I said, that they didn't announce any new TV shows um, at this panel, but you know, they talked a lot about, you know, several shows that we've got to hold us over between this year and next year. Um, and then if anything, if that Lando series does happen, I would imagine that might happen in like 2025 or even beyond. But um, then, of course, you know, I'm sure we'll get new shows announced as well and kind of added to the mix. Oh, and the one other thing they talked about, too, was also a season two of Obi-Wan. Um, and yeah. Kathleen Kennedy mentioned that. And, you know, Ewan McGregor was talking about how much he would really like to do that. And he loved doing Obi-Wan and wants to come back and do more. Um and Kathleen Kennedy, you know, acknowledged that. And she said, you know, we know Ewan is really keen to do a second one. And, you know, there's been some fan demand for it and stuff. But she just said, with everything that we announced today, like, it's kind of all hands on deck. And this is kind of the stuff we're working on for the immediate future. And so, uh, you know, she said, like, basically, an Obi-Wan season two is a possibility and could still happen at some point. It's just not in production right now. Um, so I hope that happens. I hope Ewan gets to make more stuff as Obi-Wan. Um I just yeah. hope, I, I hope any, as much as people like to talk about, oh, it was so great seeing him and Hayden Christensen together, which it absolutely was. And they even did a uh, a panel, you know, looking back at season one of Obi-Wan. And there were some really that sweet moments on that panel yeah. between uh, Hayden and Ewan and even, you know, Vivian Lyra Blair, who played Leia and some of the other cast and crew from that show. Um, But I really don't want to see any more stuff between Obi-Wan and Vader. Like, this was a perfect cap to their relationship and a perfect kind of midpoint between the prequels and the sequels. It's like, you, you can't have more Obi-Wan invader stuff. Um, but I would love to see more Obi-Wan adventures and maybe even more of him interacting with Qui-Gon and, uh, you know, him getting to do more stuff and have you and come back again. So maybe we'll eventually get a season two. I hope that happens, but that's just not on the table for right now. So again, maybe that's something that we could get in like 2025 or beyond. Um, but yeah, we've got plenty of stuff to keep us occupied for the foreseeable future. So, um, you know, there's there's something for everybody. Like you were talking about, you know, Leslie Headland saying it's like there's all this all these different types of stories um, that are going to be coming out. And, you know, whatever your particular flavor of Star Wars is, there's kind of something for everybody to get hyped about. So, um, yeah, this panel just, you know, they talked about so much stuff and, you know, you left with just, uh, you know, so many possibilities of stuff to get excited about. And going back to Obi-Wan real quick, I was almost thinking how the way Kathleen Kennedy was wording that about a season two, part of me thought, oh, is that just kind of dodging the question for right now because they're going to have the announcement at the look back at Obi-Wan panel. But, so I was kind of still hopeful that that might have been the case, but sadly it wasn't. But that's something I think we are going to get somewhere down the line, maybe just not as soon as expected. But uh, that panel was just really cool. One of my favorite moment was... Uh, it was really cool how they did this too, where they chose each uh, 
actor and the member on the panel and Deborah Chow, their favorite moment of the series. And then they showed the clip and then they would talk about it. And Hayden's was one uh, is when uh, Obi-Wan cracks Vader's helmet. And there was that great <laughs> moment between the two. And then afterwards, uh, you just see Ewan and Hayden just get up and like high five and hug each other, just realizing just how they created something very, very special in that moment. Just hearing Hayden mm-hmm. talk about that and realize that it was just really cool to hear him uh, talk about that moment in particular because they were saying everything I felt about it. It was just awesome. So yeah, if you haven't checked out that panel, that was one of the panels they streamed on uh, StarWars.com. So uh, it is available to watch and it was really cool. Yeah, that actually is one that I haven't watched yet. So I'll have to go back and watch that at some point. I just kind of read like the highlights and stuff from it. But uh, yeah, that was good stuff. One panel that I did watch, and we'll kind of use this to segue into talking about some of the animated stuff that was announced. Um, They had a 15th anniversary of Clone Wars panel with uh, Dave Filoni and some of the crew that, you know, worked on the animation and stuff for Clone Wars. And then they brought out uh, Dee Bradley Baker and Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor and Ashley Eckstein. And it was just it's always awesome seeing the whole Clone Wars crew back together and hearing them talk about making the show. And Dave was telling stories from as far back as when he got hired on the show and how he was such a big fan of Star Wars that, you know, he was, he went to Comic-Con that year dressed up as Plo Koon and there were people coming up to him being like, Hey, I heard they're making a Clone Wars series. Like, I hope they get some good people to make that. Like not (laughs) knowing that he was the guy that had already (laughs) been hired to make that show. And, um, just some really fun stories and, and cool stuff on that panel. Um, but then of course to wrap it up, you know, I was like, I wasn't necessarily expecting anything. Um, because, you know, I mean, they, they got to make their final season of Clone Wars and everything, but at the same time, you know, Dave's always got a surprise up his sleeve. And so, um, you know, they said, uh, I think who was it? Was it Amy Ratcliffe that was hosting that panel? Yeah. Um, and she was like, and, you know, Dave, you you brought something for the fans. I was like, oh, boy, what are we getting? And he announced that he is making a season two of Visions. And he had talked a little bit about Visions during the panel as well. And, you know, getting to tell more stories with um, Anakin and Obi-Wan and, you know, stuff like that. Um, or Anakin and Ahsoka, rather. Um, but one thing that I thought was really sweet was he mentioned that because he's so busy now uh, making Mando and, you know, has such a tight schedule and everything, that like he wrote Obi-Wan into one of the episodes of Tales of the Jedi just so he could have a chance to be back together with the whole cast at that recording mm-hmm. session. Like he's like, I want to write something in, for Obi-Wan in here just so I can have James come back and, you know, be part of this big group reunion because he hadn't seen them all in a while and, you know, wanted to get a chance to see everybody again. So that was really sweet. And you really do get the sense that these guys are a family, you know, they love each other. They love hanging out all the time, especially the actors. I mean, they're always going around doing conventions together, um, which by the way, it's going to be awesome that Matt, James and Ashley are going to be at the convention here in Phoenix that Tim and I are going to get to together in June. So um, looking forward to hopefully getting a photo op with them and stuff. But um, yeah, you know, he talked about uh, Tales of the Jedi and how much of a great time he had making the first one. And then at the end announced that they're making a Tales of the Jedi season two. Um, and it was really cool because he talked throughout the panel about, you know, being mentored by George and what it was like working with him and all the stuff that he learned from him and stuff. And then, um, he did say that, so we know that, you know, Dave is still credited as, as as like a creator and executive producer on the bad batch, but it sounds like he's not very involved in the day to day with that show at this point. 
um, just because he's so busy with the live action stuff. And he said that, you know, kind of his um, reasoning for wanting to make Tales of the Jedi was he was like, he was seeing how much fun his friends were having making Bad Batch. And he's like, man, I want to do some animation again. And wrote these, you know, these little stories to um, eventually make into shorts for Tales of the Jedi. Um, and then he said, you know, so they're doing a second season for season two because they had such a fun time on season one. But he said that uh, for this new batch of, of I'm assuming it's still going to be shorts. He didn't, you know, really give much detail about it or talk about episode length or anything. Um, but he said he's going to let new people direct the episodes and he's going to kind of use it as almost like a training ground to um you know train up new directors at lucasfilm animation and get to kind of pass on things to them that he learned from george and that he's learned from all his years of working on animation and so that's really cool to see that a even though dave is you know directing live action now with all these series and is now getting to direct his own live action movie that he still loves animation and still loves working in that space but also that he wants to take the time to uh, you know, mentor the next generation of animators and directors and pass that knowledge on just like, uh, you know, he got that teaching from George Lucas. So that's really cool to see. Um, and also, I'm just really excited that we're getting more Tales of the Jedi because that series was fantastic. And I hope we get more shorts about more different characters. And I think, you know, we've talked about before different areas that we would like to see. I still would love to see some focus on Luke and Ben Solo um and you know luke's jedi academy especially because i feel like i was hoping to at some point get like an animated series focused on luke's jedi academy but now that we're moving forward with a movie with ray doing that i feel like i feel like one unfortunate side effect is that they're probably not going to take a lot of time to also focus on a story of luke training a new generation of jedi that ultimately fails then have another story about ray doing the exact same thing mm -hmm. um so I don't think we're going to get, you know, a movie or a full series about Luke, but to get some Tales of the Jedi shorts about his Jedi Order, I think would be a perfect space to do that. Um, so I still really hope we get that. And then to maybe see some during the Old Republic or the High Republic era or something like that, I think would be cool as well. And then it's always cool when we get to go back and revisit stuff during the Clone Wars era. So um, I don't know, maybe because Ahsoka and uh, Anakin kind of got the spotlight last time, maybe we could do an Obi-Wan focused one or something like that. So, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm glad they're doing more and I'm excited for uh, whatever new characters we're going to get to see um, new shorts for. Or I know, yeah, Paul was saying that he wants to see like full length episodes, but I think it's perfect to do them as shorts, especially if they're training new directors um, and uh you know, just make them as long as the story needs them to be, which I think for the first season to have them be the length they were was perfect. Like they don't need to be full length Clone Wars episodes, especially because they're they're focused on one character. And when you have a series like Clone Wars, you're usually kind of jumping back and forth between different plot lines and different characters and stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, like I think the format works perfectly as is. I think just branching out to other stories and characters and other parts of the timeline would just be really cool to see. So I'm excited that they're doing more of that. Yeah, it was great to find out that season two is happening because exactly what you said, season one was fantastic. And there's just so much opportunities to tell similar stories like that all over the timeline with the Jedi. And what I'm really hoping for is the Tar Vizsla story. If we can get... Oh, that, yeah. Seeing him build a dark saber and how he became the first Mandalorian to be a Jedi, that would be awesome to see. Oh, Especially, that would be perfect. Yeah, like perfect tie-in or just kind of like a 
some those who watch the Mandalorian can go back and see more of the history of the dark saber and of uh, Tar Vizsla, just Mandalorian history in general. So that's what I'm really hoping for. That makes the cut for season two, but just kind of hoping it goes all over the place with the timeline instead of um, as much as I loved all the stuff we got in season one, how it's st- stuck to that prequel era timeline. If we just go all the way back uh, and all the way forward and somewhere in the middle, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I would be all for that, especially if, I mean, I love the way that uh, season one was just focused on Ahsoka and Dooku and they each kind of had an arc over those three episodes, Dooku more so than Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I, I did like the way that they did that. But also if like, say season two is also just six episodes, if each one is focused on a different Jedi, um, or maybe we get two episodes each focused on three Jedi instead of three episodes on two characters like i'm i'm fine however they want to do it um you know the more the merrier like i would love to see a, a bunch of different stories and a bunch of different characters but also if they if they got some real good kind of deep story that they want to spread out over three different episodes for one character i'm totally fine with that too yeah either way it's going to be awesome <laughs> i have no doubt yeah about it. yeah definitely um so yeah and again it you know if if you uh, have the chance to check out some of the panels on the, the live stream recordings, definitely check out that Clone Wars one too. If you're a fan of Clone Wars and the, the animated Star Wars stuff, that was just such a, such a fun, um, you know, look back at that show and just fun to reminisce on those memories and stuff. Um, but then also speaking of Bad Batch, uh, we had just this morning, one of the last panels of celebration, the panel or yeah, the panel for Bad Batch season three, um where they well i guess it was a panel for bad batch season two and then at the end they announced the third season showed a teaser for that uh which again was only shown behind closed doors and saw you know a real crappy phone recorded leaked version of it but there's some stuff in there that looks really cool uh you know lots of stuff with uh crosshair and omega on tantus and more stuff with you know the empire building up and looking menacing and everything and um, some cool stuff with clone action with the, I did see a clear shot in there of Rex, like in his helmet and full armor. Um, so that'd be cool to see. I also, I couldn't see it in the trailer myself, but I heard from people that commander Wolf is in there and that he's going to be oh, play nice. a part in season three, which makes sense. Cause I mean, you know, you would think that because they also announced that season three is going to be the final season. So you would think that like, by the end of this, we have to see Rex go off with Wolf and Gregor. Um, or at least team up with the three of them so that it would make sense that he would end up, you know, that that would be the group that he ends up, you know, kind of retiring with. So it's about time we get to see Commander Wolf show up. Um, But, uh, you know, I think we're maybe in store for just kind of a more, maybe a more focused and more serious season, which I think is going to be really cool because, I mean, it's funny. I know we still need to kind of go back and do a full Bad Batch season two review uh episode here on the podcast um because we haven't really gotten to talk about the finale and stuff but i know paul's been you know high on season two kind of the whole way through and for the first half of the season i was like eh. like it was fun but i was kind of like where are we going with this like you'd get a really cool episode and then you get a couple of one-off episodes that didn't really seem to add much to the overall story um but then the whole second half of the season was firing on all cylinders and really you know moving the story forward and you know, introducing a lot of cool stuff. So, but with the way that season two ended with them kind of in, you know, dire circumstances, um, I feel like season three, they're going to have a lot more of kind of a a driving mission the entire time and not really have time for one-off little, you know, 
heists and mission of the week type stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where it all goes. I'm not really surprised that this is the final season. Um, and I, I maybe thought that they'd get like one more, but, um, honestly, I think with where the story's at now, I think one more season is enough to, to wrap it up and kind of give the story a satisfying conclusion. And as much as I would love to see more of it, and I love these characters, um, I also am, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm excited for it to end because, you know, I just want Bad Batch to be over, but I'm excited to see what Lucasfilm Animation does next. Um, and I feel like, you know, once we once we move on from Bad Batch, I'm excited to see what other stories they go on and tell. So, um, but yeah, I think there's, there's plenty of time for them to wrap everything up in this final season and give us a really, uh, really exciting and uh, sort of emotionally fulfilling final season and conclusion for all these characters. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Bad Batch panel, um, I believe it was streamed too. It's, it's one you can watch. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't kept up with it as much as I would like to today. Today's been really busy. <laughs> Pretty much went, uh, worked a long day, then straight to recording the podcast. So the the leak trailer footage that came out, I only saw it once and it was without sound. <laughs> so didn't get the best uh, perspective on what was shown there. A few shots stood out to me, obviously Palpatine um, arriving on Tantus with the Imperial Guards there. And I did see that shot of Rex you were mentioning, which made me happy. But um, so I'm looking forward to not just maybe seeing that again, but just watching the whole panel if it's on there, or at least reading recaps and a better description of the trailer that was shown. It's cool that we got a trailer because uh, when I saw in the morning that season three was announced, um, again, not a huge surprise, but at the same time, it was a relief <laughs> just because of how season two ended. It was like, we know this can't be it, but we haven't heard the official announcement yet. It has to come at celebration. And it did. So thankfully, we don't have to worry about that. And we kept saying too how the announcement for season two was pretty close after the season one finale. And that ended up being the case too for the season three announcement, which is good. Um, but yeah, as far as the fact of it being the last season, um, I'm, I'm fine with it. Obviously, if they had more great stories to tell, I'm all for it as long, lasting as long as it needs to. And if they fell three season is feels right for tell this type of story with the bad batch and um, have it come to a satisfying conclusion, then I'm definitely okay with that. I'm more, I'm glad to have it end sooner with the way they attended than to have it last a little longer, but then get cut off and not have an intended ending as we all know what happened with Clone Wars, but thankfully that had a happy ending too. <laughs> and it got its ending that it deserved, but uh, let's keep that going for all the Star Wars series. Let them have the ending that they deserve and that's intended intended by the creator. So the, the fact that Bad Batch is going to get that is just awesome. And uh, I'm curious though, did I miss if they, gave any info on episode count though if it's going to be the same as the previous two or maybe a little shorter if there is going to be a more condensed story because i can kind of see it going the way that rebels did in its final season where it was a short amount of episodes and just all the episodes were just bang 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 just like all telling that one straight narrative and made for an awesome story that entire season so part of me wonders if they're going to do something like that for its final season but just yeah, I could see that happening. I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't watched the panel myself either. Because um, yeah, I think you're right. I think they did stream that one and then just didn't show the, the trailer at the end. Um, but also, I know that it was really a, a panel focused on Bad Batch Season 2 and yeah. kind of a look back at the second season. And then they announced Season 3 at the end. So I don't know how much they really went into details about what to expect. Um, but yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, so I don't know. 
yeah, I'm sure we'll get all that pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's still cool to know that we're definitely getting season three because imagine if it ended the way it did with season two and that cliffhanger. Oh, that <laughs> I mean, would be brutal. Yeah. So one thing that was a little bit surprising is they did announce that season three is coming 2024. Yeah, um, that's a little late. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, if it comes, maybe like hopefully it'll come out early 2024 and it would be, you know, a year after season uh, two. Um, it was just the fact that uh, season two was originally supposed to come out the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Like it was slated for like September of 2022 and then got pushed to early this year. Um, and we all kind of, no, I mean, we don't know exactly what was going on, but we kind of assumed like, oh, if it was scheduled for September right up to the last minute, then it must have been like the animation was done. The show was probably ready to go. And it was just a scheduling and marketing decision, um, you know, by Disney plus that they wanted to put it out this year for whatever reason. Um, so for that reason, I assumed like, well, maybe they're already well underway on production on season three and they still might be able to release it by the end of this year. If season two was just kind of sitting around waiting to um, be distributed, but um, I don't know. Whatever the case is, there, yeah, they're still not releasing it till till twenty twenty four. But hopefully, it's early twenty twenty four, and we won't have to wait too much longer for it. Yeah, it just um, like it feels longer because, as you said, it was supposed to happen early or not early, but kind of September twenty twenty two, like you said. And then they, the fact that they had a trailer ready to show for season three already just kind of made me think, oh, maybe it is possible that they'll say, you know, at the end of 2023 or later this year, but um, hopefully it is early 2024, like around the same time season two premiered, which was January then. And when you look at it that way, it won't be super long, but the fact that they showed a trailer already kind of made me hopeful that um, it would have been this year, but um, no doubt that it'll be worth the wait, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then last thing on the animation front, they also had a panel today for uh, season two of Star Wars Visions, which drops May the 4th. Um, actually, I guess there is one other animated thing we can talk about, but it wasn't they didn't have a panel there. But um, yeah, the, the panel for season two of Visions, they dropped an officially released trailer for that. I think Visions season two and uh, Ahsoka were the only things we actually got official trailers for. Um, I guess and Jedi Survivor, but that didn't have a panel. It's weird that the past couple of years they haven't had panels for the gaming stuff. They've just dropped the trailers like during the, the celebration live stream thing. Um, anyway, uh, Vision Season 2 looks absolutely incredible. Um, this was probably the out of all the stuff I saw, this was probably the one that took me by surprise the most in terms of like I was excited for visions. Like I liked the first season. I'm I'm looking forward to the second season. Like I'm definitely gonna watch it. But, um, you know, just kind of didn't really know what to expect aside from um, just, you know, like we knew what animation studios were going to be doing it, but we hadn't seen anything or didn't know what to expect from the stories or anything like that. Um, But yeah, this trailer that they put out um, and just seeing the different animation styles from, you know, these studios from all over the world, because again, season one of Visions was just Japanese anime from all these different Japanese studios, but um, season two, they've got animation studios from like nine different countries all over the world. And so the variety of styles is just really cool to see. But some of the animation looks absolutely incredible. And not that the animation from season one wasn't good. Um, but man, some of this stuff just looks jaw dropping. Like there's one, I think it's a, a studio from India. Um, and I don't remember the name of the studio or the name of the short. I could look it up. You know, the, the info is out there, but um 
there's a uh, like their short is like a 3D animated one with visuals that just look off the charts. And it's like, I remember seeing something specifically on Twitter that like the, the main villain in that is like an inquisitor, but it's like specifically one that's inspired by like Indian culture, just by his, um, you know, his design and everything. But like, there's a lightsaber duel between a Jedi character and like an inquisitor. And he's got some purge troopers and stuff with him and that, and that looks awesome. The first shot of the trailer is, um, a different like 3d animated one with a sith character and he's hunting down like his former sith apprentice um and like he ignites a red lightsaber and then she's got this like curved yellow katana lightsaber um and it's one of my favorite things that they do in animation now which is having like the 3d animation but with the 2d like textures and um effects and stuff over it and so just seeing like this 3d animated like sith character walking down a hallway but his lightsaber has this really cool kind of like jagged moving like 2d animated texture over it and like sparks flying up from the ground as he's walking with the saber and stuff just like man i cannot wait to watch this this stuff looks amazing all these different animation styles look really cool and you've got like the the really cool stylish action like that with the lightsaber duels and then you've got like the fun cutesy stuff like i didn't even realize we had talked i think in one of our previous episodes we had talked about um the animation studios that are doing this and i think one of them is called like uh ardman or something that's from the uk and i didn't even realize that that's the studio that makes the wallet and gromit uh, wallace yep. and gromit uh <laughs> movies and stuff and so they're um you know they're doing an animated star wars thing that's like kind of their brand of like claymation like stop motion um and it looks really fun and cute and just like you know all of these look really good so this is coming out you know it's coming out may the 4th i can't wait to watch all of these shorts and come on here and talk about it and i'll also be talking about it with mike and joe over on rebel cells and i'm sure i won't mind doing multiple podcasts for these because just based on this trailer i'm like i'm chomping at the bit to get to watch this and talk about it so it looks really cool yeah unfortunately this falls into the <laughs> same category as all the bad bad stuff today where i only saw the trailer once this morning and when I saw it, it did strike strike me how great it looked. Like surprisingly, were um, I don't know, maybe surprising is the wrong word to use, but because the first one, like I said, looked amazing too in the Japanese anime style. But this one, using all these different animation style, a lot of them just stood out to you. Just um, are just yeah. really eye popping with the visuals, uh, with the CG animation and uh, 2D animation, the claymation, the stop motion, just a bunch of different stuff that's being thrown in there. So I definitely need to watch it again because I know there's tons of stuff that I miss, but a lot of the character designs, like a lot of the dark side music or set, their design looks really, really cool. So I make this to watch the trailer again and then just glad that I know it's only going to be a few weeks away now or less than a month. So it's right around the corner. And the fact that uh, the trailer, we got a great looking trailer and to get us excited and that it's coming very, very soon is a great feeling. So um, yeah, when, when I did see it, just that one time, it did strike me just how great it looked and unique and different from season one. And that's kind of what we're expecting and hoping for season two, knowing that it's going to be different animation studios all over the world. You want it to feel very, all of them feel very different from each other. And it looks like they're accomplishing that uh, with season two. But real quick, uh, just going back to the Bad Batch for a second, as I was scrolling Twitter for a little bit, I saw a tweet from uh, Joel Aaron, who is, of course, uh, works at Lucasfilm Animation that does the lighting and cinematography. But he did a response where he just says, I'd be sitting here reviewing dailies just now for a mid-season three episode, and you all will be very, very fulfilled 
if you only knew who was on my screen as I type this with oh. a haha at the end. <laughs> so oh. that that just adds to the intriguing uh, aspect of season three for the Bad Batch. Oh man, how you can't start doing this to us already? I, I know after whole, we're talking about how it's not coming out till 2024. <laughs> the whole Bad Batch crew has been trolls on Twitter the entire season, especially like, <laughs> especially um, the the Kiner brothers. So, you know, Kevin Kiner is, is like the main composer on the series, which I don't think about, I, I, speaking of which, I don't know if we mentioned the fact that he's also doing the music for the Ahsoka series, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, perfect choice. But so Kevin is like the lead composer, but also especially composers that work on like multiple movies and TV series nowadays, they usually have teams that work on stuff with them um, who like help compose some of the music. And sometimes it'll be like the lead composer composing like the main themes and then other people on their team will like adapt those themes and fill out different moments throughout the, the story and stuff like that. Um, and so Kevin Kiner has two of his sons, Sean and Dean, um working on uh you know they they work on bad batch as well and some of the other stuff that he works on um and so they have a twitter account that's just it's like kiner brothers music or something like that um and uh this whole season every episode they've they've been trolling people about like oh how this episode is gonna wreck your emotions and oh can't wait to see people weeping after this one and blah blah, blah. you know like they're just they mess with the fans like expectations and reactions before every episode um and I've seen a few other, you know, members of like the animation team and stuff that are like, oh, can't wait to see people's reactions or, oh, you know, people are going to need to get out the tissues or, oh, this one's going to break the fandom or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, man, you can't start doing this to us a year in advance, Joel Aaron. Like, come on, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> I know. And it's not even the finale episodes, like a mid-season three episode. So. Yeah. No, well, to be fair, the mid-season episodes also usually are some of the best ones. Yes. Um, you know, season one, that was when Cad Bane came back. And then season two this year, that was the Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences. Um, so those have been some of the best episodes of the series. So I have no doubt that if it's like a mid-season finale episode that, um, yeah, something really cool could be going down and now see you're gonna get me distracted going off thinking about uh who's gonna show up in the final season of bad batch but um yeah can't wait to see how they wrap that story up and uh and what all's going down there um but yeah so we got vision season two coming out may the 4th um and then also i, I wanted to bring this up real quick because also on may the 4th we've got uh the young jedi adventure series coming out which you know, we mentioned briefly earlier when Paul's talking about his daughter and everything. Um, and they didn't have a panel for that at Celebration this year, but they did release a new trailer for it today. Um, and they've released a, a few shorts so far on YouTube. And I, I was a little confused because I thought that maybe the whole series was just going to be shorts. But this is kind of like what they did with Rebels, where remember um, back before mm -hmm. Rebels aired, they had like four little like three minute shorts that were kind of introducing the characters. And so that's what these are, you know, just like these little three minute shorts that are introducing the um, the main characters of the show. Um, but I guess they are going to be sort of full length episodes. I'm not sure exactly how long those are going to be, but, you know, somewhere probably in the range of like 15 to 25 or 30 minutes even. Um, so the full series debuts on on May the 4th on Disney Plus and uh, I think on like Disney Junior or something like that. Um, and clearly, you know, it's aimed more at, at young kids, um, 
And I'm not going to be probably like super invested in this series. And, you know, we probably won't cover it a whole lot on the podcast, but I will say from watching the trailer and I've watched all the shorts so far too, and it seems really cute and fun. And I, especially, you know, I envy anybody that's got young kids that they're going to watch this with, because this would be an absolute blast. Uh, I think to watch with your kids, if you're a star Wars fan. Um, and I'm probably going to end up watching it myself too. It's definitely not going to be something that I'm going to like stay up till midnight to watch. <laughs> um, and I, you know, it might be the kind of thing that I might even, you know, might not watch a new episode, like the day it comes out. I might kind of, you know, wait till I don't really have something going on and, and, you know, just watch it when I get around to it, but they look really fun and cute and just charming and, uh, you know, just like a, a fun, wholesome, you know, family star Wars adventure with, uh, really just like fun, bright animation and cute characters um, but it's just really, you know, it's, it's really sweet and endearing. And, uh, I would say, I mean, this, it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of more excited for, for this than I was even for something like star Wars resistance, which was kind of like trying to kind of be star Wars, you know, be like rebels and, uh, clone wars, but, you know, aimed at a younger audience. And it just kind of fell in this weird range where it's like, it's kind of, trying to tell these more serious stories that ties into like the sequel trilogy and stuff. And yet it's just kind of too silly and goofy for like the, the more hardcore fans to really get on board with. Um, and I know, you know, some people loved it, but it, you know, I'm not trying to dog on that show too much or anything, but it just, it was, it, it was a weird, um, it, it felt like they didn't really connect with a, a certain target audience. Like it was, they, they tried to keep their feet in both ponds. Like, Oh, we want this to be for young kids, but also have appeal for, you know, older audience as well. Whereas this one, they're clearly going full on for like the preschool age kids demographic, but also just, it looks like something that's just fun and cute and charming for star Wars fans of all ages. So um, yeah, if you haven't watched that yet, uh, you know, go check out the trailer. If it's not for you, that's fine. This definitely seems like the kind of thing that at least is sort of like critic proof. Like nobody's going to be like, there's something seriously wrong with you. If you watch the trailer for, for young Jedi Avengers and you don't like it. And this is your justification for like, Oh, Kathleen Kennedy is ruining star Wars or, Oh, you know, look what's become of star Wars since George Lucas left. It's this dumb little kitty stuff. It's like, no, George Lucas totally would make something like this for kids if he had the chance. So, yep. um, it just looks like a whole lot of fun and that's going to come out May the 4th as well. So uh, whatever age you are, whatever type of Star Wars animation you're into, there's going to be something cool for you to watch on May 4th this year. And uh, I'm sure, I mean, we'll, you know, we usually do an episode for May 4th um, and do something around that time. So I don't know if we'll record an episode ahead of time and put something out for you guys to listen to on May 4th or if it'll be recording an episode uh, watching all this stuff that's coming out on May 4th and then talking about it after the fact. But um, yeah, should be, as always, a fun time to celebrate Star Wars. And it's cool that we get some new stuff released on that this year. Yeah, without question. Even though we were talking about last uh, episode how this May the 4th will be, at least in the evening, where we won't be doing much Star Wars since we got our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 tickets for <laughs> that true. Thursday showing. So oh, yeah, 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 true. The celebration for May the 4th might uh, come, as far as watching the new content, might come the day after, but <laughs> either yeah. way. Well, it is on a Thursday, so you got the whole weekend after exactly. that. Um, but yeah, and then, uh, you know, last, I just wanted to bring up that uh, new Jedi Survivor gameplay trailer, which honestly, I was surprised that we got another trailer so soon yeah, because too. we got the um, the story trailer just a couple weeks ago. 
Um, and of course, it's funny because Star Wars, like Jedi Survivor was everywhere during Celebration. Like it was kind of the official sponsor of the event, like when they were doing the um, the live stage, the, the Celebration live stage where they had all the interviews and stuff and were kind of hosting all the streaming stuff. Like all the microphones had the Jedi Survivor logo on them and they were showing ads for it and stuff. And so like you definitely saw it and, and kind of felt the presence there. Um, but yeah, they didn't have a big panel for it or anything, but they did release a new trailer for it on Sunday. It's just a, a gameplay trailer that showed a lot of cool new stuff. Um, you know, just Cal doing different lightsaber moves and stuff that we hadn't really seen before. Some new environments. We see more of Coruscant, more of Kobo, uh, more of Marin and Bode and, you know, all the other characters that we see in this one. It also focused a lot on Cal fighting that new uh, Gendai uh, enemy that we know is going to be one of the main villains in the game. Um and doing some really cool moves. Like there's one sequence where he's on a speeder bike and he's right next to a, a, a scout trooper that's also on a speeder bike and they've kind of got their weapons locked and then a TIE fighter comes flying overhead and Cal deactivates his lightsaber and uses the force to fling the scout trooper off of his speeder bike and up into the air to hit the TIE fighter. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. if that's not one of the coolest uses of the force that's ever been shown, like, man, that's awesome. So, and I wonder if that's going to be just a cutscene that can't be just a cutscene. We got to get a sequence in the like if you're going to show us that, we got to get a sequence in the game where we get to ride a speeder bike. Um, I would in the first so. game, yeah, in the first game, you got that sequence where you get to drive the ATAT and uh, you know, blast some stormtroopers and that. So, I gotta think that in this game, we're getting a speeder bike chase, and that's gonna be pretty dang cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm ready for this game now. <laughs> I mean, it's only a couple of weeks away, but it just looks better and better with each new trailer and footage they release i actually think this is the best trailer yet i just love how it showcased the gameplay and, and combination with a little bit more story stuff in there too but it just looks beautiful and fantastic the thing that stood out to me in this trailer too is just more of the creatures and just some of the grand size of the creatures that we're going to be seeing in this game too that look really cool we're going to be fighting a rancor <laughs> in this one um mm -hmm. so yeah just i'm ready for it <laughs> Uh, we've been ready for it for a while, and the fact that it's really close now, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, April twenty eighth. Let's let's get on it. <laughs> yeah, one thing too, I forgot. It wasn't oh, dang, necessarily the... um, quite two weeks, but yeah, it's just it's it's like two and a half weeks away, which means I got to get on reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to mention real quick too. It wasn't part of this trailer or anything, but I think it was. Um, was it IGN or another game site that just had a, like a little preview of it? Just the customization that you're going to be do for Cal in this one is so much more <laughs> than I knew it was going to oh, be. Yeah. With the fact, like his hair, his like beards and stuff, like all that's going to be customizable, which um, looks a lot of fun. I love customization in games. It's one of my favorite aspects of Mass Effect. Um, getting to create your own Commander Shepard. So uh, the fact that you can kind of tweak the appearance of Cal in this one too to make him fit how you think he should look should be fun as well. And then uh, BD too, a lot of customizations involved with him. So I love that. Mm -hmm. That's part of the feature that's gonna, got more of a focus on as far as at least giving you more options than what you can do. Yeah, definitely. They, they released a lot of that stuff. Like a couple weeks ago, they had a preview event for um, some like, you know, YouTubers and content creators and reviewers and stuff um and let them all play like a three-hour hands-on demo with the game and then um you know let them all release content with some pre-approved like gameplay footage and stuff talking to, and a lot of the focus was on the customization options but also you know that was where they showed fighting the rancor for the first time and stuff like that so 
honestly, after seeing all that stuff, that's why I was surprised that we got a new trailer at Celebration because I was like, guys, like I've seen enough at this point. Like I'm going to buy the game. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to keep trying to convince me. Um, so I think, I mean, for me, I think the last trailer, like the story trailer is still probably my favorite one. This one was just kind of like icing on the cake. I was like, I didn't need another trailer for the game, but if you want to show me more cool stuff, like sure. Um, but that was fun to get as well. So um, yeah, and that's, you know, the next next Star Wars thing that we've got coming up 18 days as of this recording. So um, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I'm finishing up my uh my final jedi fallen order playthrough right now i wanted to play through it one more time before jedi survivor came out and i'm like at the end of the game right now so yeah i gotta just hurry up and power through the end of that and then have a couple of weeks to read the book and i'm gonna have to power through that real quick before the game comes out so um yeah looking forward to it can't wait um it's gonna be a ton of fun and i can't wait for just all of this awesome star wars stuff that we got announced this weekend um, it was, like I said, this is, I think this has got to be the biggest batch of Star Wars announcements that we've gotten since that Disney investor day, when they announced the whole upcoming slate of, you know, when they announced like 10 projects or something between upcoming series and movies. Um, so to get three new movies announced as well as, you know, get updates and trailers and stuff for all these different series and everything just, it's. The future is bright indeed, as we always say in our intro, and it is definitely a great time to be a Star Wars fan. There's lots of cool stuff on the horizon. Um, and I've been looking forward to talking about it with you guys all weekend, and it did not disappoint. This is our first three-hour episode in a long time, so, um, yeah. <laughs> but it certainly deserved it, and I, for one, am not surprised in the least. Uh, if Paul were still here, we probably would still be going, so. Um, but before we wrap up... Um, I know you put some questions out on social media and we got some feedback from some of the listeners about what they're excited for and everything too. So uh, what did uh, everybody listening have to say? Yeah. So first up, uh, Caleb, he says, the joy I feel just seeing this image. So glad to have the full timeline being recognized by Lucasfilm. And he shared a shot of that timeline uh, display they had out in the panel with all the different logos for each era, which, yeah, it is just really cool to look at all that stuff. And I really hope, they do what you said, Kyle, where they kind of put this on Disney Plus once more to the content from these different eras start making themselves available on Disney Plus. And then you have them categorized by that and you have that logo by each section. That would be really cool. And then Kid Kenobi says, the Ahsoka trailer definitely has me the most excited, but everything we got was amazing. Was not expecting any movie news, but so happy Dave Filoni is getting his own project. Also can't wait for Visions. The future is bright indeed. Well said, Kid Kenobi. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then Rich, who you mentioned earlier, who was actually there at Celebration, said he loved all the stuff that was announced, but you guys have seen nothing yet. Wait till everyone gets to see the Acolyte trailer. It's going to blow minds. So, yeah, that's type of the response I was seeing so much over the weekend that just really makes me wish that they released that trailer. Or just makes me excited to see it when they do finally put that out there. And then Jake Wade said, or Jake Wade, he says, I was there and lucky got to see a lot of it. There was so much to unpack and so many projects look great, but I can't emphasize enough just how good the Alkalite looked. The trailer blew me away and it's now my most anticipated Star Wars project. See, you guys are getting me hyped up for it all I over know. again. <laughs> and then uh, Hassan Scarborough, who sums it up perfectly by just saying all of it is what he's excited for. So <laughs> and that is true indeed for me, Kyle, everyone involved. So yeah, it's just so much great stuff that we got at Celebration this year. And 
in particular that Friday where all this big news came out, um, it just left me with a good feeling all day. Just knowing that's I love it when Star Wars does that, whether it's something you're watching and that's really great, and then or just some of the exciting news that we get and know that we have to look forward to when it comes to the Star Wars saga in the future. It just leaves you with a good feeling. That's how I felt on Friday. So yeah, this celebration did not disappoint and just a lot of fun to experience and a lot of fun to talk about for three hours. Yeah, definitely. Now, if you had to pick one out of all these upcoming projects, which, which one would you say you're most excited for? Um, it's a combination because it's the closest, but yeah, it looks amazing regardless of when it was coming out. I just got to go with Ahsoka. It's just, it's checking off all the boxes for everything that I was hoping it would be as we talked about. It just looks incredible. So maybe that's an easy answer right now. Maybe I would say the Acolyte if I was in the room uh, to see it myself. But right now it's Ahsoka. I would, that trailer just completely blew me away. Yeah, I think I would have to go with the same just because like you said, it's kind of the easy answer because it's right around the corner and it's the one that we got a full trailer for and the one that we probably got the most information about over the weekend. Um, like as a Dawn of the Jedi, I'm really excited for that movie. Like just the premise and the stuff they could do with it sounds really cool. But I mean, we don't know much about it at this point. Um, and then even Dave Filoni's movie, like again, the idea of an heir to the Empire film directed by Dave Filoni, like in theaters is just like almost too much to wrap your head around. But the fact that that's going to be built on the foundation of, you know, Ahsoka and Mando and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that like Ahsoka is going to set up a lot of stuff that we could then see in that movie. It's like, I'm kind of more excited for Ahsoka right now. And then once we get past that, then I'll get excited for the movie once we kind of see where it's all headed. So, um, but yeah, that trailer looks fantastic. I already, just from talking about it, I want to go watch it again after we finish recording. So, um, yeah, I, and I'm, I'm also really hyped about the next couple episodes of Mando. Um, I don't know if we even talked about this, but they had a screening for, um, yeah, they they screened the uh, this week's episode of The Mandalorian at Celebration, kind of as a surprise for people there, like on the that night after at the end of the day after the Lucasfilm Studio Showcase. And uh, I think I did mention this earlier. Not that I'm saying it, but yeah, people were talking about just how this is one of the best episodes they've ever done, and it's so action packed and really moves the story forward. So I'm definitely staying up till midnight for that one this week, and I can't wait to see how this season of Mando wraps up. It was kind of weird that like, I know we're in the middle of the season, but like they didn't spend a whole lot of time talking about Mando and it didn't, you know, there wasn't a Mandalorian panel or anything. Everything was kind of looking forward to Ahsoka. And um, in a way it was almost like, oh yeah, we've got Mando to be excited about too. Like it felt like it wasn't talked about as much as some of the upcoming stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just, I'm, I'm super excited for Ahsoka and for all of this stuff. Um, and it's good to hear thoughts from you guys too, especially those of you that got to be there. You know, I, I'm jealous. I wish I could have been there in the room, seeing those trailers and stuff, especially for the acolyte. Like I'm sure I'll be just as hyped as you guys. Once we get to see that trailer and see how awesome it looks. Um, and then I guess the one other announcement that we didn't talk about was the fact that, uh, the next celebration is going to be in 2025 in Japan. So that'll be yeah. cool too. I already know some people that are planning on trying to go to that. And I, might try to go i don't know where how you know that's it's uh you know two years from now so i'll have to see if i'm able to make that work but 
it's one of those things where like I've always thought Japan would be a cool place to visit. And if I was ever going to go, it would be for a Star Wars celebration. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds, but I'm sure that'll be an awesome celebration. That's probably going to be, uh, you know, there'll probably be a movie coming out that year. So yeah, um, our first look at the new Jedi order movie with Ray. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, those are always fun and you get to see a, a first look at a new movie trailer and stuff. At least those are always released publicly. So if we have to stay home, we'll yeah. get to watch that. Um, so it'll yeah, be a it'll... 10 year look back at the force awakens, which I don't like thinking that's 10 years old already. It doesn't seem possible. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. I remember when we started the podcast and thinking that 2019 for episode nine seemed so far away. And the fact that we're now several years on the other side of that, and it's going to be 10 years since the force awakens, man, that's how I know. right? <laughs> like, well, I guess we're still only at eight years right now. So it's, it's, we don't have to worry about that yet, but yeah, it is weird that we're going to be celebrating that milestone already. Um, and 20 years of Revenge of the Sith. Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So that next celebration, I'm sure, will be a fun one as well. Um, and everybody's got two years to try to figure out if they're going to go or not and plan that trip. So, um, but yeah, thank you to you guys again for for chiming in. Thank you guys for listening and sticking with us for three hours. Hope you've enjoyed all our you know coverage and talk about this stuff. And uh, hope you guys are just as excited for the future of Star Wars as we are. Um, as always, if you want to follow us online and share your thoughts and comments and stuff with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. Uh, we're also on Facebook. You know what? Like we never even use our Facebook page anymore. Just follow us on Twitter and tweet at us. That's the best way to get a hold of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, if you have some longer thoughts and comments or whatever you want to set, shoot us an email, you can do that at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for now. Uh, man, again, thank you guys for, for listening to this long-winded episode. But we had a lot of you know awesome Star Wars announcements to talk about. And this was a blast to get here and talk about all of it with you guys. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. We will see you next time. And may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody.